Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I've never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Podeskew Podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hey, I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are Because Fuck You, That's Why, the podcast that's all about playing games and having fun. Our games are mostly based on British panel shows or British game shows, but we'll play just about anything that catches our attention and imagination. Our show is all about laughs, so please come by and have a great time. Why? Because Because Fuck You, That's Why. Askew Podcast. I am CJ. With me, as always, is my hetero late mate Rico. What's up, man? Why you gotta yell so much, man? There's people sleeping around here. What the fuck's wrong with you? What? <laughs> I, I know. I'm just stunned because usually, usually you pick something from the franchise or the, the the series of movies we're discussing, and I don't recall that from any of them. No, that is pure me. Uh, what's up, motherfucker? I was I was waiting for the winner, winner, the chicken dinner. That's what I was waiting for. Uh, well, uh, the best I can do is pay the man his money. <laughs> How you doing, bud? I got a migraine, so uh, this is going to be a fucking. This is this is definitely going to be the more low key episode, which is fine because I kind of feel like someone's been doing blackjack with my brain like <laughs> I I you know it's a shame though because I I this this one's what I've been excited to do because mm-hmm. I now granted going into this I'd only seen two of the four movies but I love this theme mm-hmm. in movies you know like I the like underrated the... sports films but just poker and blackjack and- no, I wouldn't call them sports but I mean just just like gambling movies like for example and I, we're not this is not one of the ones we're going to talk about tonight but like I think one of the reasons why of the Daniel Craig Bonds at Casino Royale is my favorite is because of the poker stuff that takes place about midway through the film like there's that whole sequence where they're really playing some poker you know yeah. And and I think and it's still a running theme throughout because there's some early on in the movie as well, and so like anytime you get that into a film or, or a story, I should say, you pretty much hook me, which makes it sound like I have a gambling problem, but I don't because I don't actually go do it myself very often. But I love to like watch it happen, like when they still air the World Series of Poker on ESPN, and you know I don't. Well, that's why wa- I call it a sport. Yeah, I I mean that's a different conversation, but but the point is I still I I watch that whenever I can. I really still enjoy watching poker, 
you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I enjoy other games too because we're not everything we're talking about tonight's going to be poker. But you get the point I'm going at here. Like I I really enjoy card games and and the uh, and and the betting and all that stuff. You know. So I I agree. I, I I've mentioned more than a couple times that one of my all time favorite movies is Rain Man. Yeah. And I I always get such a fucking thrill of the. We're counting cards, like scene, like you know, where where, yeah, you, you you can't help but be sucked into. I mean, I'm not into the glitzy glamour of Vegas, especially in sure. this day and age. Maybe in the '60s. It oh, was dude, back more... back in the height of the pack, you would have been like, just like trying to keep the cum in your body as you walk down the street. <laughs> like, I mean, I would have made a, an Ocean Eleven of cum. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I could see you really kind of, you know, falling in line back then. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, modern day Vegas is me. Like, I, I got some stories that we can pepper through this, especially when we get to the oceans. If we, if we ever, um, well, when we did the, when we did the oceans, uh, did, we didn't do the oceans. What? We didn't do the oceans. Are you kidding me? All right, do you well, not I get... know? Do you, do you... Dude, we've had 163 of these fucking things. Do you think I remember every one of them? I would. Okay, let me ask. Have you? Have we ever done? Have we ever done Star Wars? What? What? What's Star Wars? Um, what's that? It's a. It's a long. It's a thing a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars. We are we? Did we do porn on this show? I didn't think we did. Um... If I'm filling up fucking notion of calm, then you know. <laughs> Look, we have well, not done oceans. Well, shit. I think I know what our next episode is going to be. Um, but well, I was gonna say that there's a scene in Oceans. It's a montage scene, and I've stood in the exact spot that camera's in. So mm-hmm. we'll have to talk about that one when we, if we, if and when we do the episode. But well, all I'm saying, if we do end up doing an Oceans episode, that I'm requiring you to watch the Rat Pack one. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, what if I pay for it? What if uh, I what if I rent it? What if I Venmo you the fucking money? Well, we'll see. It all depends on time, and because we're coming into the we're coming into Eagle season, and I know I know how much you you love the Eagles. So yeah, but I know how much you love the Oceans movies. It, yeah. my point is, if you're willing to watch the Oceans Eight fucking movie, you've got to. All right, we're not we're, wrong franchise. We're we're on these tonight. We'll we'll get to that because okay, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll we'll argue where you can't say, well, it's not a recording. It's not going to happen. Yes, <laughs> I, I know your angle. <laughs> no, we're going <laughs> to argue about it for sure because I I I know we we differ on that one. Anyway, um, um but all right. tonight this yeah. this this episode we are uh still talking about gambling films. We're just not doing oceans group here we're talking um uh, uh, i don't know what order we're gonna do this in but we're doing 21 rounders uh molly's game and then a really odd obscure one that you pulled for this that um i i will tell you i was odd, i remember when you pitched it to me i was like eh, and i was <laughs> oddly uh entertained by it honestly um yeah. and that was a movie called croupier um, which was a lot better than I expected. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I almost feel like we should start there just because. That's, that, that's fine. I did not 
want to oversell and I didn't want to undersell Croupier. I was very honest and I said it's not a movie that you would be like used to watching. It's not it's not like it's not really a normal film. It's not flashy no. like 21. It's not witty like Rounders. It's not biographical like Molly's Game. Yeah. It's its own entity. Um it... w- where it's more noirish. Oh for than... sure. Yeah. I, I it's actually, kind of like if you took Humphrey Bogart, made him British, and just made him a poker player. I I actually, when I was watching it, thought of it as, and, and it, it's ironic because one of the one of the things I'm about the reference we're going to talk about tonight, but it was kind of a mixture of Rounders and um, uh, fucking Fight Club to me. You know, it it felt very similar because the narrator is. Uh, we'll see. Unlike Fight Club, the narrator is also um, a character. Like he, he he's Jack. It's it's Clive Owen, and he's narrating yeah. the film as Jack. Whereas in Fight Club, the narrator never actually has a name, and I, you know, spoilers. It ends up being Tyler. But you know, um, well, that you're actually kind of right and kind of wrong because because the narrator in Fight Club refers to. A, he frequently says the word "I am Jack's human subconscious" or whatever. "I am Jack's fucking right," walking but that's based blah, blah, blah. on those those journals they find in in the the not in the thing in the fucking attic or whatever. But and I don't. Well, I the, don't... The, the theory is is that the figment of of the imagination is named Jack. So I agree with you on Croupier, where you know, the, for those who have not seen Croupier. Clive Owen in a very early role, like he's he's, oh, yeah, he's fucking, way young in that movie. He's way yeah. young. He he's. It would not surprise me if he's like twenty three or something. I'm about to find out for you, actually. Um, I mean, he. You watch this film and you say, "Okay, I get why people wanted him for Bond," because it's all oh right for there. sure. Yeah. Um, so he he's actually older than you would have thought. Really? Yeah. He's, okay. I mean, I, based on the release date, he's 34. So we'll say maybe 33 when they shot it. But yeah. Is he fucking 33 in that movie? Jesus, yeah. he looks like a baby. He, he really does. I can't, I can't argue that. But like no, he's he, leaner too. Like I, I never really thought of Clive Owen as, as a thicker guy. He's oh, not no. super, yeah. he's not muscular, but. He's super lean in in Croupier. Anyways, well, and um, well, just, so just to give you the the math, he's born in '64, and the movie came out in '98. So there you go. Yeah. Um, he his character is a author, and he decides to write this book all about the kind of the the world of poker and underground casinos and. And the ins and outs. So well, he takes a job as a croupier, which well, is the dealer. N- no, that's not how I no. He the way I saw it. I mean, I know you're a fan of this film, but I'm not. The way I saw it was he was hired to write this this book about football, i.e., soccer, and he needed money. And his father gets him the job as a croupier just to to, to make money. He wasn't. He didn't well, go in to write that book. He was writing a soccer book 
called yeah but he, but he didn't end up writing a soccer book ultimately right? he didn't but but the point is he didn't go into it to write the 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 gambling book or the d- dealer book he he wrote he was right or he, and actually ultimately it's a robbery book if you really think about it it's a book about robbery more than anything but right. you, you're right look to be fair as much as i am a fan of the film i only saw it once and i didn't rewatch it for this cuz i've been not feeling great so um you're you're probably more accurate on the on the specifications of it but it the the point i'm trying to make it is is it is the narration is him essentially writing this book as he is himself living the book and becoming a character in its own For sure. way yeah so it ha- it yeah. does have that kind of narration of jack you know walks in and blah 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 and he deals the blah 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 and there's a lot of weirdness of this movie um i remember i told you there's a portion where he just randomly like he's at one of his coworkers' house and they're sitting in like the kitchen talking and then all of a sudden he just pounces on her and they just start fucking on the ground yeah Uh, it was really sudden and abrupt and in it just didn't seem right, and it seemed kind of un- unbelievable and kind of, not rapey, just like, huh, who fucking wrote that scene? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you got to think about that. That was Bella. The character was Bella mm-hmm. that he does that to. Um, you got to think about when the movie comes out, you know. Um, oh, we have I this agree. conversation. I... What's that? I agree. Just, just because we we have these conversations a lot lately, of looking at movies through twenty twenty, twenty twenty one, and soon to be twenty twenty two eyes, and and you know, and, and basically post Me Too, so even a little bit earlier, and in a post Me Too, and I say post because of of when it when it started, not that it's over, but that of when that that movement really kind of got started. So that's why I use sure. the term post, but. In this in this world after Me Too or you know after that's become a thing, we look at scenes like that and look at them. At least I do very differently. And I'm not saying that 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 meant I thought rape was okay before. No, but you didn't look at those scenes as as creepy as you do now. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it was more of just I, like I, you know I don't know I, I did I do know what you mean I but I've always given kind of like. Before Me Too, like we talked about this, of uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. We've talked about a couple. Like, oh, yeah, that scene, sure. But like I I saw Revenge of the Nerds before 2020 and Me Too. And I was like, this is some fucking. Well, yeah, even, even pretty Me Too, there are some scenes that are in, in yeah. various movies that are like, oh, but I'm saying like the scene that you're referencing, I think in a pretty Me Too era is more of just like aggressive sex because. He's not yeah, like but pinning it, but it's her. Just... He's, he's not pinning her down and like forcing it on her. She, you know, it kind of goes back to what we talked about with Rocky. You know, what Rocky does to Adrian in this day and age is okay. That's a little weird, but in 1978, it wasn't as you know, or 76, it wasn't as as bad as you know it is now. So, yeah, yeah. I'm and like I, I think we both made the argument like we the only reason. Y- you can kind of say, "All right, well, that's fine." It's because we know she ends up with him, and she sure, loves him. But even, but even, yeah. Well, and and, and spoilers for Croupier, he ultimately ends up with that girl too. 
you know, long term. You don't figure that out till like the last literal five minutes, but it it you it does happen, you know. Right. So um I, I, I don't think we can honestly because out of all these movies I would not want to spoil Croupier. I think that's an experience everyone should watch. Okay. Whereas, well, sorry. When you, when, <laughs> no, no, no. You, I mean, you, we know he ends up with, you know, fucking Bella, but that's fine. Like that, you know, the, there's really like with 21 and, and, and rounders and Molly's game. First off, Molly's game is a biopic and, and more yeah. so than 21. So, you know, yeah. she is alive. Right. 20, 21 um, is a 21 is actually a um uh it, it's not new to your point Molly's game is basically a biopic where 21 is really just inspired by true life events but it's not a bio film you know it's so. it's an uh, all the characters for more or less are what it's it's a very specific word that I always kind of fuck up it's an amalgamations of Amal- amalgamation amalgamation amalgamations yeah yeah. Of numerous characters, yes. Um, With the exception of, I think, um, Mickey. Mickey. I think Mickey's straight out. I don't think it's the same name, but I think the character space. I think it actually is the same. Is, name is it? Is it? Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that. I can't. I can't say you're wrong there. But. Um, but look, I, I'm of the opinion that Croupier is is pretty well worth watching, especially if you like a good noir. Like you don't have to understand poker, you don't have to understand cards. But if you like a good noirish detective yeah. without detective movie, then Croupier is pretty. Plus, young Clive Owen. I mean, the, mm. the two games that are primarily featured in Croupier are actually blackjack and and roulette, as opposed to poker or anything else. Those are the two games, or craps or whatever. So. I think Crafts is featured once, and that's it. And I don't think there's any poker at all in that film. So yeah, I think you're uh, right. Um, now I got to be honest with you, man. Like, I think I texted you right after I watched it, and you were like, "What did you think?" And I told you, and then just at a high level, so we could save the details for this. But then you, I remember you saying, "Are you going to buy it?" You know, was that something you would buy? And at first, I was like, "No," but dude, honestly, the further I've gotten away from it, I'm like, I maybe get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you. It's one of those movies where you're like, "Huh, I want to rewatch that. I want to rewatch that immediately because this is kind of like a movie you have to." I I personally would not rewatch it more than once in a row i would like watch it and then wait yeah, a yeah. week and then give it another shot yeah and then if you're like okay i like it a whole lot more now then you should buy it i might buy it i i gotta be honest with you and this is not it's gonna sound like it's been a disrespect to the film and it's not but it would be one of those ones that like if you know when you go to like walmart or target or whatever and you if i saw it in that like five dollar or nine dollar blu-ray bin you know yeah that's probably where I would pick it up. Like I wouldn't go sure. and pay like twenty, twenty five dollars for it. But if I, if I was rummaging through a thing like that and stumbled across, it, I'd be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll grab that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like right, usually where the movie Twenty One usually is. Twenty One's usually in that five dollar bin. Um. Yeah. It, I, I, yeah. I I feel like that a little unfair to the film, though. I think it's a better film than that. You know what I mean? I think I think it's a fine film. I think it I think because of who's in it, it's not gonna 
do itself any favors anymore. Well, and yeah, that's not a reflection point, yeah. on the film, but that's a reflection on ew. Like but, in the same sense, huh? Superman Returns is in a five dollar bin. But that was there before. Like that honestly was. I, I'm not I can't even I'm not even being shitty. I'm just being accurate. I've seen it before all that came well, out. I've I've seen twenty one in the five dollar bin. I've seen more copies of twenty one at like Amoeba and Rasputin in like the dollar fucking shelves. Like I've sure. seen many a copy of twenty one. Let let me ask you this. I have not seen any copies of Croupier, I will add. Hey, there may not be many of them that might be part of it. But anyway, um, he, here's my question, and I don't, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I feel like we have to address this a little bit, right? So this is this is my particular order um, of going back to Me Too again. For me, the worst, the dirt worst, believe it or not, in my opinion, is Cosby. The dirt worst. Followed directly by Harvey Weinstein, like one, yeah, two, yeah. just like, and maybe yeah. even yeah, yeah. one, one A, like I'm not, you know, but right. what I'm not sold on and I'm not absolving him in any way, but what I'm not sold on is that Spacey's immediately three. Like, I no, I'm not sure that, which is why. And I think we've talked about this a little bit previously because I think I, when I brought up the Midnight of Garden of Midnight and Good of Evil or whatever, like, can we separate his shittiness from his acting? Because, like, look, he's pretty damn good in this movie. You're right, him being in it's not doing the film any favors in terms of sales. We can't do anything about that. But can we separate him from the movie? Because there are certain things, like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch anything with Bill Cosby in it ever again in my life, period, mm-hmm. hands down. I even have trouble, and I think I've brought this up before, having trouble watching A Different World, which is a thing that he didn't even produce and only guest starred in like four times in the right. entire run of the show, and yet I don't even think I can watch that because I know he's so heavily involved. I you know? can't watch Jack anymore right and the, that was the, one of my favorite fucking robin williams movies because because that stemmed from me watching it as a kid sure you know you got robin williams as a kid and you got bill cosby as his mentor dr right. drink right what could be fucking better than robin williams and bill cosby in a movie together when you're eight years old uh, for sure yeah so now it's like i have to kind of sacrifice that i just can't i just can't I hear your you. question of can you can you separate the crime from the art, so to and speak? I, and I guess I guess specifically in regard to Spacey, can we do it with Spacey? With you know, here's the, I think it's I think Spacey is usually cast as a villain, so it's almost easier to watch a movie where it's like, oh, you're you are just playing a diabolical fuck, right? Right. But here's the thing: to the best of our knowledge, with public knowledge, Cos- uh, Cosby. Spacey has not raped anybody, but he's definitely sexually harassed people, and he's definitely grabbed people inappropriate. That is which, now public knowledge. Which could be defined as sexual assault, depending on it, where you are and whatever, but that's okay. I'm just putting he that bla- out there. He blamed it on, as being as, as uh, his alcohol abuse. Here's my point. 
because if we're, if we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about this. And I don't want this doesn't have to be the whole episode, but it's good to talk about this. And, and I think if we're going to talk about a film that's got him in it, we've got to sort this out because it's not going to be the only Kevin Spacey film we ever right. talk about. So, right. Um, I do. Uh, I, I'm you and I both agree that uh, first and foremost, sexual assault is sexual assault. It should never happen. Fuck anybody who does. Agreed. It. Agreed. And um, there are levels. But when you're talking about like we can kind of cavalierly talk about the levels of assault, but we also have to acknowledge the 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 victim's POV. Oh, yeah, so of course. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't I'm not going to go into the, the muddiness of say, well, I'm sure someone who's raped would just prefer to be assaulted. You know, or grabbed. no, no, that's that's no, no, no. I'm no, not saying no. that, and you're not saying that. But I think Cosby's the worst. Weinstein is also the worst. And like it's, it's really I would even hard also to... say Cosby's worse than Weinstein. Well, that's what I said. I said Cosby one, Weinstein two, but it could go but, really either way because you know. I mean, the the difference is, is Cosby drugged people which is and why i think it's... it yeah i think that's why i put him like dirt worst and then right below that is, you know right like so. if there's if there's lower than dirt and then there's dirt you're both still fucking dirt as far right. as i'm concerned right um spacey didn't can... do that you know what i mean no like... but he he definitely he's definitely burned a lot of bridges and for sure and, and right, and you know what? He he deserves a lot of the flack. I hate to say it. No, um, yeah, I I don't disagree with any of that, and honestly, wouldn't be surprised nor upset if he never got another acting job for the remainder of his days. But for the stuff that he's already put in, you know, mm-hmm. that's where my question lies. Is you well, know, like I, I you can't know. help but I can't help. I I have a hard time separating the art from the crime. Uh, great example with Kevin Spacey is I, I still kind of question how in the fuck Kevin Spacey winning his Oscar for a beautiful mind. I'm not a beautiful mind. Uh, American beauty. Have you seen American beauty? I have. Yeah. Okay. For those who haven't, that's a, it's, th- that's it's a... this movie about a middle-aged man who goes through a midlife crisis and decides he wants to start smoking pot working out to better his, you know, his, his, his midlife physique, as well as lust after his daughter's slightly slutty best friend, which as we find out is all an act on her end, that she's really a virgin. She just projects. I don't understand. I forgot that part, but thank you. (laughs) I don't fucking understand how we were all kind of okay with that because, you know, he is our hero. We're rooting for him to be like, yeah. He's kind of an anti. He's kind of an anti-hero, though, is what he is. He's, you know, it's it's. It, I know what you're saying, but it's well. You the know. redeeming thing is that he doesn't go through it, right? At the end, but that's only because she said, "I've never done this before." And here's the crazy thing: I saw that movie. It's got. It must have been on HBO, and I, and I think it came out in '99. So I was on eight. I was eight years old. I remember seeing that movie eight or nine years old. With my dad, when that when that ending showed up, where she says, "I've never done this before," and that stops Lester Burnham, that's his name. Or it's so fucked up. I have this character's name burned in my brain. Uh, I remember my dad saying, 
she's lying. Now, that's an, I'm not judging my father, but it's an interesting view it is. to see my father side with the grown male who's about to fuck a teenager. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying anything, but it was, I remember because my father said that I believed it. Sure. And then I, you know, I was like, oh, she was teasing him. She was this, she was that. And I kept looking at Kevin Spacey as the hero of that film. Well, and then she, I rewatched it when I was like 13. I was like, wait a fucking second. Well, she Isn't definitely she- does do those things. That doesn't make it okay, but she definitely does fuck with him. You know, she, she definitely fucks with him. She definitely teases him. And she, but that's not, but have you ever seen this movie, uh, hard candy? Have you no, heard of it? No, no, I don't okay. That's for now. Hard Candy is one of those movies that I fucking like love. And I, when I was working in the video room, I urged, I, I would tell women, I said, if you want to test a boyfriend, make him watch this, make him watch this movie with you. Great, Rico. And yeah. what, what it is, Hard Candy is, is slang term for pedophiles where they view someone who is sweet like candy, but Hard Candy so it's candy with a punch. It's something that they like to have a, you know, they like, they like someone to put up a struggle. Right. Makes right. It for so it's Patrick Wilson. So Orm from Aquaman. Yeah. And, uh, at the time, Ellen page now, Elliot page. Okay. So they meet for coffee. They have been flirting with each other on, on fucking AOL. It's a messenger. He goes, he takes her back to his place. She is the independent, older than her age, Juno-esque type. You know, something that Natalie Portman would have fucking sunk her teeth into. You know what I mean? Right, right. And she basically holds him captive. She fucking drugs him. She knocks him the fuck out. And she proceeds to psychologically and physically torture him. And, and and back and forth, like it's a, a constant cat and mouse thing, where she says, "I know you're a pedophile. I also know you're a child murderer. I know these girls are missing. I know you did it." Blah blah blah. Fantastic fucking movie. Steph hates it because she like <laughs> looks at it and it's like, she she watched it with me. I'm like, oh, you're gonna love this movie. It's like little girls getting back, right? And and she's like, yeah, but she did everything wrong. Like the fact that she didn't get caught in the middle of doing this is is so. I was like, God damn it, are you? Are you siding with the pedophile stuff? She's like, no, of course not. And I'm like, aha, uh-huh, it sure sounds like you are. <laughs> so but my, the reason I brought it up is there's a portion where she tells him because he's pleading like, what do you want from me? You came on to me. And she's like, are you not the adult? If, if, yeah. A, yeah. if a 14 year old pours shots of vodka and makes screwdrivers, your responsibility is to throw it in the sink, not drink it. Not have a cocktail with a fucking 14 year old. Be the adult. How dare you blame this on me? And that's my point. Is Kevin Spacey was an adult. Every allegation. More often than not. Has been with someone who was a minor. And he was drunk. And he was well into his 30s at that point. Right. So my point is. At that. you, You can't. You can't blame Kevin Spacey for one being in the closet. Or two being an alcoholic. He's a predator. First and foremost, and that's kind of how I view Kevin Spacey in American Beauty now. Doesn't matter if she sucked all dicks from high school to jazz. Okay, and, and, and listen, I'm not, I'm not 
trying to take away from the importance here, but the the important thing here is how does that connect to what my original question was is when we're watching other stuff where he's not playing a role like that, can we... Uh, first of all, are we allowed to still enjoy the film? Second of all, are we still allowed to enjoy his performance? Because... I I think if he's if he's a protagonist, it's harder. If he's an antagonist, it's easier to be like, well, all right, we expect Kevin Spacey to be the villain, so right. he's a villain. And there, there's only one movie off the top of my head, and I'm not saying it's the only one that he's ever done, but there's only one off the top of my head where he's a protagonist that I can think of, and that and that that's K Pax. K Pax, have you never seen Pay It Forward? That's on with Haley Joe Osment and uh, Helen Hunt. Yes, I've seen it once, and I honestly don't remember him being in it. I don't. I'm he, not arguing. He's a scarred but... up, burned teacher. Okay, well, okay, but but he's a protagonist in that, and he comes from a very tragic blah blah blah. His father sure. poured gasoline on him, and burned him, and shit. Right, right. Um, my my opinion still stays the same. Look, not that that being said, I still fucking love Kevin Spacey's acting. Like it's really well, like it's. That's the crux of what I've been trying to get to on this whole point but, but of bringing I'm this that up. There's levels of enjoyment. Like, you know, like if Kevin Spacey comes on a movie, I'm like, oh, fuck. It, but if he's a villain, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a good ass performance because I know it's easy for him. That's my point. Okay. I'll add another layer. Louis C.K. Now, did Louis C.K. drug people? No. Did he rape people? No. Is he kind of fucking, is he definitely using his leeway of power over women? Absolutely. Because everyone, there's been other comedians that have like tried to defend him and I get they're trying to defend their boy. I fucking love Louis CK. I've seen him live. I, I, I viewed him, especially post 2007 as the next George Carlin as Carlin's reigning contender. Right. Um, but at the time when the announcement, when he admitted, he, he admitted all this shit, he said, I would definitely prey on women and I would use my power to exploit them and, and have them watch me jerk off. Or I would tell, I would ask them permission if I could jerk off on the phone with them. Now, when you're Louis CK or when you're any comedian, you kind of expect you know, you expect a comedian to kind of be on and always be jokey and, and, and crack jokes and be tongue in cheek. So I don't fully believe that when he would ask a woman, is it OK if I jerk off in front of you, that she was taking him seriously. And then when he whipped his dick out and started jerking off in front of women, they're like, whoa, what the fuck? Right. So there's a line. First off, did he ask permission? Yeah. OK, he did. Technically, he did. Does it make it bright? No, it's kind of like, first off, you don't do that in office and he has done that in office. And and second of all, like, it's just a weird kink. Like, I'm not going to, you know, people's kinks are their own thing. But when you're crossing that line with a power play, then it becomes sexual harassment. Right. He's not an assaulter. He's not a raper, but he is a harasser and he admitted to such. So like your, your point of uh, their levels of, of shit. Like, I, I feel like if there are certain women who will have certain men that will have certain reactions and different reactions, some right. women uh, may be like, yeah, dude, whip out your dick. I don't care. And and, but, and look, 
the other thing I want to stress to anyone listening to this is that even if I say I like this film and I'm not as offended by Spacey as, say, someone else, if you are, that's fine. That's 100% fine. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong for how you view this whole person, you know, this whole thing. That same person may be able to still watch a Bill Cosby thing, you know, for whatever reason. And if you can, then good for you. (laughs) Like, you know, like, but I, I don't know. I, because I, listen, 21 is maybe not my top five, but it is certainly a film that I enjoy immensely it's one of those films that when it wasn't on heavy rotation on like hbo and those channels if i came across it no matter how frequently or how recently i had seen it i probably stopped and just mm-hmm. watched where picked up wherever it left off and just went all the way through it you know sure. so i don't want to i guess what i don't want to start doing in life period and, and then i want to get back into this film specifically is stop watching within reason things that i used to really enjoy just because one person amongst the cast of many was a shitty person do you know what i mean and I, that, that's entirely up to you like like it's my own choice to not watch jack sure and know? i i know it's, it's also it's also hard to watch any robin williams now now, see, Robin's not hard for me to watch. I know it sucks because he's gone, but uh, to me, watching it honors his memory as opposed to, you know, being difficult. It's not, I'm not disagreeing with that with that uh, opinion. I, I'm saying I personally find it too hard to watch his stuff. That's all. No, I, I get it, and I wasn't shitting on your perspective. I'm just telling you how I view it, whereas someone like Cosby doesn't deserve my time, you know? No. And... And, you know, I can see, and which makes the whole wine scene really rough because he's never on screen, but he's fucking been behind so many things that we enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah, his, his fucking scissor hands are fucking everywhere in, right. in a lot of films that we that we thoroughly love and enjoy. Like, at, at this point, 50% of Kevin Smith's stuff. It might even be like 70. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, you know, that's what and it Quentin is. But Tarantino look, or fucking... Yep. And Rounders. I'm pretty sure he produced Rounders. I, it's, it, yeah, well, if it's not him, it's Miramax for sure. So, yeah, which you is, know. Which is definitely him. Right, well, it's yeah, but I'm brother. saying... Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, that's just where we are. And then, and, you know... Um, you know, what, whether it's right or wrong, I think I think the fact that Weinstein's not on camera makes it easier to still watch a lot of those films like rounders and the kevin like like if he was in all those movies i think it would be a way harder for me to watch those like if you actually saw him oh, yeah. on screen um they, but anyway they spoof the fuck out of him in entourage you've told me that i've never watched but yeah 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more wait a minute i've heard that before that's the note jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade how'd you even know that because it's from geico yeah yeah wait here it is Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years, because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? (laughs) Yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. 
I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Let's get back to the film proper itself. Let's get back to 21, and let's get back to what this thing is centered around. So it's centered around a team of geniuses, basically. And I say that because you have to be really intelligent to get into MIT. But um, these, this, this team from MIT that actually was going to Vegas and actually counting cards um, to make money, where, where, where it starts kind of going sideways is they were just doing it to make money, uh, just, to, just to earn money, whereas the character in this film... You know, he he's doing it to pay for um, medical school at Harvard, you know. Right. So I don't think I don't think to my knowledge, to my understanding, there was any one person going for that particular reason. You know, it was more of just, hey, we can go to Vegas and do this because we're really fucking smart, you mm. know. So um, I I. So tell me what you think of the film. Tell me what you think of Twenty One. Forget the spacey aspect, but just tell me what you think about the film. The the I I I liked it. Um, I I do because I had seen Rounders first, and for my opinion, Rounders is my favorite of these four. Sure. So I'm gonna view the, like if I'm gonna rank them, I would go Rounders, Twenty One, Croupier, and Molly's Game. That's not saying I don't like Molly's Game. It's just you know. It's in this ranking. It just is what it is. And I still thoroughly liked Molly's game, but I have a lot of there's, there's character issues that I'm I'm not fond of. And for me, it would flip flop. It would flip flop Croupier and Molly's game 100. percent And again, mm-hmm. to your point, it's not because I don't like Croupier, but if we have to rank these out, I'm just gonna edge Molly's game over a little right. bit. And honestly, for me, with that, I think it's simply the the writing you know we're both big Aaron Sorkin fans in terms of his writing yep. and and I I love Moneyball I love American President Few Good Men it's all from his writing you know so mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing that gives the edge to Croupier for me is because I just dig that style that that he has um as far as rounders I, and t- I might actually agree more or less uh, yeah it, it's 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 close, and then for me with Rounders and Twenty One, it really can flip flop based on my mood. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, if you ask me this next week, I might flip flop those two. Those two are really interchangeable for me in terms of mm. how much I enjoy them. Um, you know, we we joke all the time about One One A. That this really is an instance of One One A for me. There really is no two between those films for me so well they're different sides of the coin because 21 shows the it's it's high class octane fun it's a lot of sped up dancing it's partying whereas rounders is kind of just we're gonna sit and yeah they they might be playing a part but their whole game is is to get in get the money get out Whereas I think the problem with twenty one is that they always forget that rule. Well, and they're, I mean, and they're they always let their emotion get in where they're always having fun and partying and their egos. Like you could see the characters of Rounders representing the the fucking these two separate films. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, 
I guess. I mean, I, I I think I disagree with you simply for the fact that like part of the thing that Mickey's doing with the team in 21 and one of the reasons why he likes Ben, the character, so much is because he can disconnect his emotions. And he does up until that sequence towards the end of the film mm-hmm. um, where he, he, he no longer does that before, you know, before the whole... Um, I want to call it double. Well, basically, before the double cross, but there's there's more to it than that. But yeah, you right. know, um, to to me, it's also just I think what keeps him so close to me is I think, and I'm probably in the minority on this, but both of those films are the definitive films for those two styles of game, blackjack and poker, respectively. Like. I don't think there's a better blackjack film out there. Period. Hands down, number one. That's it. I poker's the same I would, way. I, I I would definitely agree about rounders. I think twenty one. See, here's the thing. I don't know enough of other poker films. Oh, I'm sorry, or of blackjack films. To my, I mean, to to be fair, I think that's one of, if not the only blackjack films out there. Like I, I think it might be the most most gambling card game movies are poker based, whether mm-hmm. it's Texas Hold'em or Omaha or you know you take your pick of the different versions of poker. Right. Whereas blackjack, if you're seeing blackjack, it's it's either part of a bigger film, i.e. Oceans, you know mm-hmm. something like that, or it's it's 21 like it or it's not at all you know what i mean so i don't think there's a whole lot of movies out there centered around blackjack and if the audience is listening he knows of one that's not 21 please send it my direction because i would like to see it honestly it's not even it's not even that i'm arguing against it or i don't believe you let me know because i'd like to watch it so i could put it side by side and see how it compares you know where it's the same way i Having not ever seen The Hustler, so I'm probably shooting myself in the foot, The Color of Money is the, the ultimate pool movie, you know, billiards movie, you know, for me. Um, for for so, you. everyone. For me. I mean, I think a lot of people would acknowledge that Color of Money is, is definitely up there, but I think... There would be a lot of people say, "Yeah, but the Hustler, dude." Like, and I, like and I, the I, Color I, of Money is the flashier sequel of the Hustler. The Hustler is very much, you know, when we talk about it, whenever, you know, there's there's the Rat Pack, Ocean's Eleven, and then there's the fucking uh, uh, Clooney, Ocean's Eleven. Right. They're both essentially the same story. They both feature the same fucking characters, more or less. But one's flashier, one's more subdued. That's that's Fair. all there and, is. And, and and listen, I uh, I will be the first to tell you very quickly that if I ever do eventually watch The Hustler, I may contradict everything I just said. I just having never seen it, I can't. You know what I mean? But beyond those two films, there's not a whole lot of billiards movies either. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it just just the point I'm getting at is if the, if your sample size is small. Sure. Then you know, your then your approval is pretty large. Yeah, I'm with right. You. Exactly. So. So getting back to the film, though, like, I, I will tell you this. You, you will appreciate this. I'm sure of this, right? Mm-hmm. Every time I know I'm going to the casino. Like, if I know I'm going to the casino. So that doesn't include all my trips to Vegas because most of my trips to Vegas have been to visit the family, and I almost never sit at a table, period. However, sure. 
if I know I'm going, I will watch 21 either day of or night before. Almost religiously. <laughs> is that your preparation? Yeah. Yeah. No joke. That's exactly what it is. It's, to, it's, to what? To count cards or I, to just be getting the mindset of I'm going to go to a casino? A little bit of both. Uh, I, I'm still working on the counting, to be honest with you. I'm not... I, I'm missing a piece for some reason, I, and I know for a fact they left some of the aspects of what that team did out of the film. They uh, absolutely for, did. I'm glad you le- brought that up. For legal reasons, uh, to my knowledge. But well, because I want, because from my understanding, counting cards is actually not illegal. No. It's frowned upon, and yes. they will fucking kick your ass out if they catch you with it. Yes. And that's if you're lucky. But you're not going to go to jail for it. No. Correct. So, um, the legality. I, th- I think the legality is less about the legality. It's more of the fact that they didn't that they didn't put it in the film because they didn't want uh, people watching it to go to fucking casinos and try and fucking rob the system. Yes, but I also think that teaching it is illegal. I think there actually is like that weird like gray area where if you do it, it's okay, but if you instruct others, there's a legal issue. It also might have something to do with... Yeah, I'm serious. I think I think there is that like gray area. Um, regardless of whether it's illegal or not, I think they certainly didn't want to contribute to things, you know, um, to that. So anyway, the point is I think they definitely left pieces out. So... I'm not necessarily trying to count cards, but it is also there's also a mentality. There's, so so let's let's let me back up a second. There's other parts of the game of blackjack that they teach you in that movie and flat out teach you that have absolutely nothing to do with counting cards and is 100% legal and 100% within the rules of the game in terms of when to stay, when to hit, when to double mm-hmm. down. You know. Um, when it's cold, when it's hot, when it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm with Right. You. And so I kind of do it for that purpose of just kind of like a... Re- I, I know all those things, but it's a nice refresher in an entertaining kind of way. So mm-hmm. I can watch that and go, okay, you got to remember to look for this. And I got to remember to count for that. Not count meaning count the cards, but count for that. Like, I count, I count for it is the word I'm trying to say. You know, like, sure. think of that and, and, and be prepared and... And then it kind of gets me into that mentality too, because because they're playing high stakes, which they play way more money than I ever do. Even a table minimum person, the spotter, they're still at tables where the minimums way beyond the means that I usually play at. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm not looking at that, but I am looking at like there's still that mentality because if see. And I don't know if you and I have even ever talked about this, whether it be on the show or, or just in our private conversations, but there is a real um, etiquette to playing blackjack that most people don't know about. And honestly, if you're playing low limit tables, it the edit, we'll put it this way: the lower the the limit, the less the etiquette is necessary. Mm-hmm. But like you start getting the tables where let's just say the minimum bet is 50 bucks, right? right? And you take the wrong hit or the wrong double down, they'll get real shitty with you, the other players. Not the casino, mm-hmm. but the other players. Because you could, especially depending on what 
what position you're sitting in, you could fuck up the entire rest of the table if you take the wrong hit. One yep. hit could fuck up everybody else at that table. Yep. Whereas, consequently, you not taking the right that hit could make everybody win, including yourself. You know, right. so it, there, there's there's a real etiquette to it. Actually, there's a real good example of that, Rico. You've probably seen it in Swingers. When when they first get to the casino, when in the earliest scene, when they get there and they go to that first table, it's a $100 minimum bet. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of uptight. But if you remember, they, like, pan over and show the other table where it's, like, the biker and the grandma and, like, two other people, you know. Right. They're actually helping each other. And and you will find that at low, like, I have personal experience with this. You know, you yeah. will find that at low limit tables, you know, whereas I've observed, never sat at, but I've observed the high limit, or not high, like high stakes, but the higher limit tables, and they are not happy people. You fuck that shit up. They yeah. I I've uh I've had very limited experience on, at casinos. I uh my grandfather, my mother's father was a gambler. Okay. So more than once, according to my mother's explanation. And and even then she it was like it was less about my mother's explanation, it was more about my father telling me what my mother had told him. Okay. So, but I do know for sure that my grandfather was a pretty, not, not a very successful gambler. Um, Most are. Yeah. My, my grandmother uh, had to work extra shifts for Kaiser. She wasn't a doctor. She wasn't a nurse. She was just a receptionist as far as I know. And she had to work extra, extra, extra shifts to like get shit back. Yeah. Um, and that's with five children. Oh, because my my mom was number four out of five. That's yeah. So, so I always kind of had I'd always kind of been aware of the gambling gene, so to speak. And I also know that he was a bit of a drinker, which kind of goes hand in hand. Sure. Um, my mother and I and you know the whole don't speak ill of the dead type of thing, but my mother definitely was a bit of a gambler. She was not a, she was never like, I'm going to fucking, you know, lose everything at the ponies. But she definitely took me to the ponies. Right. Once or twice. Okay. And and a very frequent thing was, hey, Rico, I bought these scratch offs. I brought these little, you know, these little scratch lottery tickets. Do you want to scratch one for me? Like, it, it, it was definitely because it was fun, you know, when you're a little kid and you're scratching tickets. But. There was one time where my mom like had me scratch a ticket, and most, most, most of the time, it was you won five dollars or yeah. you won oh, a free yeah. ticket. I, I've been getting scratch off tickets since I was fucking like six years old. It used to be a yearly birthday present, you know. Right. But this, but then I quickly realized, well, not quickly. It actually took a while. I realized uh, later that it was less about here. You can have this. As more of, hey, just do the work for me so I can get the money. And that's that was very clear to me one time where my mom had me scratch the thing. And I legit won like $100. Nice. And I'm thinking, I get 50 mom gets 50 I was like nine or eight. Sure. And I said, 
and mom took the whole hundred because it was her ticket. It was her money. She was not going to give me $50. She took me out for ice cream or she took me to the movies. But th- so it, it <laughs> felt, I felt kind of cheap in a roundabout way. Like I, because I was legit offended. I told mom, like, where's my 50? Right. She's like, yeah, but I got bills to pay. And then mom took me to the ponies when I was a kid too. And I, I didn't find the appeal for it. Um, yeah, I've never understood she, that either, honestly. But she she took me to this was a real wake up call on my end. Mom, just for fun, took me. To, there's a casino out here. Uh, it's the San Pablo Casino. It's out on our way to Maxwell's, CJ. Yeah, there there's a big casino like within 10 minutes away from their house. So sort of the it's that landmark for people who live in Richmond, Pinole, and San, P- San Pablo. When you're on that freeway and you see, you're like, all right, I'm fucking five, ten minutes from my house. It's good. Or wherever. That's your big landmark. It's right. kind of like, I don't know. Like, you know, most people be like, oh, there's that Denny's. You know what? I'm I think I saw it when we were coming home from your birthday. I don't think I realized it was. I, 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 re- yeah. I think I remember thinking that looks like a casino, but I never asked you because I was like, yeah. there's no way. You know. So, so mom took me there couple times and this was the real like my mom worked hard for her money and and i've never said anything otherwise about that but mom would just mom mom's money just would sometimes slip through her fingers from time to time right and there and there were times where there were two times where we went to this casino and she gave me 40 bucks just here's 40 and she's like, go, you know, go do whatever, go spend money on the slots, go play, whatever, go blah, blah, blah. And I'm, it was my first time at a casino. So I had $40 and every, and, and I lost it all because, you know, it's, it's the fucking system and, yeah, and, and you're yeah. playing the machines. It's all fucking like, yeah, you're not going to win jack shit. I, okay. You might win $5, blah, blah, blah. I'll actually tell you real quick. I, I, I made a decision. See, I'm 41 now. I'm going to say like 15 years ago. I won't play machines anymore. Period. I don't at all. Well, I, I made that mach- I made that that decision too, and I was probably roughly close to the same age. I was like nineteen or twenty, or I I, I don't was, know if I had to be twenty one to be. I think I was twenty one at least. Yeah, you probably had to be, but yeah. So I was at least twenty one because I think it was like a thing. Like my, I just turned twenty one, and I was like, "Let's go to the casino now. You can go." And so she gives me this forty. I lose it all within an hour, and then she finds me. And then she says, oh, did you win anything? And I'm like, nope. And she's like, okay, here, here's another 40. And I said, mom, just take me out for dinner. I said, I don't, I don't want to, I felt bad. And I was more alarmed of the cavalierness of her. Just like, here's another 40. No, mom, you gave me 40. I lost 40. You want to spend more 40 on me? Buy me some fucking movies. Give me yeah. something I can actually enjoy. Buy me dinner. Buy me a drink. I'd rather have a drink with my mom than fucking lose $40 for no reason. Just for the thrill of inhaling smoke, you know, well, because everyone yeah. was chain smoking. So, which I found more alluring than actually losing 40 bucks. I'm like, Hey, fucking hey, I can smoke inside. That's cool. And then she took me again with uh, a relative and within 15 minutes, I didn't want to gamble. I just said, this is not for me. I, I went and found like a restaurant and I just had a fucking meal and I, and mom and, and the relative came over and like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I barely can afford to be in the place. You want me to fucking lose all this shit that I just 
like, and mom's like, I'll give you an extra 20. I'm like, it's not about that. How are we going to spend time with each other if we're just fucking like staring at a screen, losing so, money? So just throwing it out there, because I want to get back to these films. I mean, I appreciate the, the insight here, buddy, but I want to get back to the film in a little because we barely talked about the film. But sure. is, is if, if we were in Vegas together or Atlantic City, for that matter, you know, and had, a again, a low-limit table, you know, you wouldn't want to sit there and play with me? You wouldn't want to do I, it? No, I, I see that the, I would play blackjack. Okay. But I would not want to, I, like, my whole thing is, like, if I've got $50 for play, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to fucking, like. Oh, like, yeah. If, if you were, if, if someone would be like, I'm not saying you would, but if you right. would, like, be like, come on, dude, just pull out an extra 20. I'd be like, I got to go. Nope, nope, nope. This is exactly no, I, how shit goes downhill. No, no, absolutely. I I go in to play when I know I'm going to play, which is rare. I don't go. I mean, Atlantic City's an hour drive from me, 45 minutes depending on the day and the traffic. I could sure. I could be in Atlantic City pretty easily on a regular basis. And actually, they just legalized in the last five years legalized gambling in Pennsylvania. So now there's one in Philly that I can be at in 10 minutes if I really wanted to and play blackjack over there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I would definitely, well, I, wait, I, I would just for the experience, I would do it. Wait, but my, my point is that like I go with a, a set amount of money. Now I go with more than 50. I'm not going to lie to you. I typically block off about 200 bucks, mm-hmm. but I very rarely come out of it with, I very rarely come out of it down. I very rarely come out of it up either, you know. And if I you am just more or less break even, right? And if I am down, and to me, to me, being within ten dollars either way is breaking even. So if I sit mm-hmm. and and even though I come with two hundred, I only put a hundred up at a time. So I put the one hundred up, and the other hundred is there for backup, really, you know. Sure. And I've never, I've almost never had to touch it. In my experience, because I, 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 I know how to play the game right. And if you know how to play the game right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take the hits when you're supposed to take the hits. Take the double downs. Every once in a while, you just take a shot and go hit me, you know. But for the most part, if you know how to play the game right, you can usually sit there and sustain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the other rule that I have, and I'm pretty good at sticking to it, like you've got the rule of like once the money's gone, you're done, right? Is mm-hmm. if I lose three hands in a row at a particular table, I you color move. up and get out and just go yep. to one. Either, I'm not saying I leave and I'm done for the night, but I'll go to a different table. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, and that has helped me sub- sustain in that I'm never going to get rich. You know, unless I, you know, unless I just happen to, you know, just say fuck it and throw my money on one and get lucky, but, you know, or, or whatever, but, mm-hmm. but I can go and sit and play and have a good time. And, and, and I, getting back to the film, I know we went really roundabout to get there, but, <laughs> you know, I, part of that success that I feel like I have is a result of watching, you know, this, a, a lot of things. I've been playing, I have been playing blackjack. Probably since I was about eight years old. Wow. Um, off and on. And, and you know, like, 
back in the day it'd be pennies. You put a penny down and you get your penny yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like so, I wasn't like get, and 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 that was even rare. That happened a handful of times. You know what I mean? Like most of my blackjack playing was on my computer or or something like that. Like because I had an Apple IIe when I was growing up, and there was a blackjack program. You know, and it was all fake money. It's not like online gambling. There was no such thing. It was just. Here's I was more I was more partial to the chess game, but I hear you. I know I played that too, pretty uh, pretty regularly. But I'm saying there was also that, and here's here's a thousand dollars of fake money, and have a good time. You know mm. what I mean? And you know, I, I don't know, but I I yes. So getting back to the film, I watch it to get into the mindset to go do that, to go sit down at a blackjack table, and and be able to sustain and hang out and play for you know an extended period of time. I'll admit it's one of those rare movies where you can watch and might actually it might benefit you not substantially enough, but uh, it might get you the like you can't watch Rocky and then be like, well, that's it. I'm a I'm a boxer. Now. Oh hell no! You know, no, like you no. can't watch what's that? What's another example? You can't watch fucking um, Coach Carter and be like, well, all right, I'm an expert at basketball because well, I even, Coach even the movie we referenced earlier, you can't watch The Color of Money or or The Hustler and automatically think you're you know Minnesota Fats and uh, you right. know it's but Rounders and and Twenty One and Croupier and Molly's Game, all these movies uh, explain the format more or less yeah. of it. So you could watch those movies, take notes. It might help you or it might hinder you. Because you might be overthinking. If if we're talking about these four specifically, I, the thing that I think Molly's game teaches you the most in the vein of what you're talking about is the terminology. You understand yes. what the nuts are, flop. You know, you're you know because rounders uses the terminology, but they don't explain. Correct. A little bit they do, but not to the level that Molly's game does. Not at all. Right. Yeah. Even even so much so that I in Molly's game. You've got that sequence with the guy that, and I forget his name right now, but he never fucking wins. Like, he just never wins. You know what I mean? And and he came for weeks on end, and he's never won a game. Never won a hand, let alone a game. Mm-hmm. And they put him up against, like, the prof- almost, almost professional gambler, and he bluffs his way through and ends up, by sheer fucking luck on his part, taking a big pot off the guy. But the interesting thing about it is that Molly in the voiceover breaks down and actually shows you the card layout about what was in the flop versus what the guy had in his hand and how that broke down and what, what the one guy thought he had, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It was a really interesting, um, education in that to me, you know what I mean? So, um, for 21. Yeah. I, I like twenty one. One of the and it's it's one of three movies that Spacey does with Kate Bosworth like in a row that I found really fucking fascinating. Superman Returns that and what's the third? Beyond the Sea. Okay, I don't know that one, but fair enough. That's where Spacey plays Bobby Darren. Okay. And she plays Sandra D, Bobby Darren's wife. Ah. Uh. Which is also kind of like, huh. It's more the fact that like Kevin Spacey is supposed to be playing twenty five year old Bobby Darren, but it's he's fifty years old. Yeah, right, right. I mean, he looks and sounds like Bobby Darren enough where it's like, all right, that's really good fucking casting. Sure. If only he was thirty years younger. Right. Um, 
But uh, I like 21. Like, I, you know, we, we've, we've given, I've given it, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, praise and criticism based on Kevin Spacey. But uh, I, I liked, um, there, see, here's the thing. There's, there's a couple actors that are pretty much forgotten, but are both kind of great in 21. One of them is Aaron Yu. Yeah. I believe his name is. Choi. And the guy that plays Choi. Yeah, Choi. Yeah. This fucking guy appeared from like 2007 to 2010, most prominently. And the funny thing is that he was prominent as he, he basically plays the same character in all three movies, even though they're all different characters. 21, he's, you know, he's the witty, kind of spastic Asian guy because he's Asian. Um, sure. Uh, he's not spastic because he's Asian. He just happens to be Asian, and he's also spastic. But he plays it all in each of these roles. And he's in Friday the 13th, and he's actually one of the better fucking actors. I mean, the sure. Friday the 13th remake. Right. And he has a small-ass cameo in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake uh-huh. where you're just like, what the fuck? So I was like, I was like, fuck, this guy's great. He needs to be in more movies, and I don't know where the fuck he is. I think he's like, I think he's doing TV shit, but I just haven't seen him. Yeah, he. he I'm looking at it as his post uh, Fright or Nightmare, because that seems to be the, the cut, your point, his cutoff. Um, he has a couple other movies after that, um, but it's primarily TV. He's on the blacklist. Um, oh, is he? It, oh. To, Two episodes, nothing. Or I'm sorry, one episode. So nothing like like a reoccurring. Uh, he was on two episodes of a uh, Hawaii Five O. It looks like, um, but he's he's got he's got, and he was on that God Friend of Me show, which I think is already canceled too. <laughs> but um, yeah, he he's still acting, but you're right, he's not very prominent in what he's doing. So, but he sets a fucking he sets for me. He like sticks there he's just like oh my god that, that he's such a memorable character actor um to the point where i i remember his fucking name i don't remember the fucking star of 21's name what's the name uh the character the character or the actor no, the actor jim sturgis yeah see i fucking i, I just it's nothing against the guy right and it's not that he's a bad actor i fucking right. liked him in across the universe um, he also kind of fucking disappeared, if I'm being honest. No, he absolutely has. I, th- I, I, I almost want to say that's the only two things he's ever been in. <laughs> you know, is is I'm sure that's not, I'm sure that's not inaccurate, but you know, Kate Bosworth I, too. Kate Bosworth kind of like yeah. Well, see, was everywhere in the early to mid 2000s or the uh, mid 2000s to the late 2000s, and then just fizzled out of nowhere. I I think unfortunately he she fell prey to Harvey. I think. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah, in, in that in that realm that she she wasn't she didn't go for it, and so he you know did his thing. You know, that's um, probably true. Um, I don't, I don't think know. She, I don't. It's speculation, right? Right? No, no. It, it's 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 complete speculation. But I'm I thought I saw that somewhere once where like she was one of the few that said no. And he just sunk her. So that had something. To, that probably has something to do with it, if I'm right. But um, um, I. What did you think of the guy, the character Fisher? I was I was about to bring him up. So when we did the fucking road trip episode, yeah, 
I told you about Eurotrip. Yes. He plays the he plays the stiffler role okay. kind of okay. in Eurotrip. I think because it, his character Fisher in 21 is a complete tool. Oh, without question. Yeah. But his character in Eurotrip is a complete tool like with stiffler and like a heart. Like he's he's just that funny friend who just like, oh god damn it, Cooper, why are you doing that? Right, like, right. This is the guy who in Eurotrip has a fucking like rageful phobia against mimes. <laughs> okay. And he fucks up a French mime. But no, he actually yeah, he does at the end, but he he fuck he's like, Can we get out of here? I don't fucking like this guy. He like he he does things in Eurotrip where it's like Oh, you're just a high school pig. Like you're a stifler. Like he right. jumps in a hot tub with a bunch of topless women at a high school party and he's like, This isn't where I parked my car. And then he the the woman who's topless is kind of stereotypically blonde and dumb. And he says, Well, look, before you leave, you better get rid of that. And she's like, What are you talking about? Like, you have like a smudge or dirt or something. Like it's something right here and he's like pointing underneath her boob like right underneath her nipple so he's just getting her to like rub her tit constantly and he's like all right fine like i'll i'll help you and he like reaches out and then her boyfriend comes out of nowhere and throws around the hot tub that's that character those are the only two fucking movies i've seen this guy in i liked him for both reasons but he's another one who kind of disappeared but then i looked him up when we were going to do this and like i think he I think he's like still acting, but I just didn't realize he was. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a lot of the people. I mean, listen, the two biggest names in this thing um, <laughs> are Spacey and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah, and La- and Lawrence does it again. I- I'm a, I I I don't know that I've ever asked you this, but I'm a big Lawrence Fishburne fan. So, like, wait, why would you ask me if you're gonna say? So, what's your question? Wait, what? You said I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Right, like if you if you're a fan of his, like I don't know if I've ever brought up, I don't know if we've ever talked about what your thoughts on him as an an actor are. But I'm a I, I'm I a like, huge I like fan. Lawrence Fishburne. I, I I like Lawrence Fishburne. I and I liked his characterization in Twenty One. Um, yeah, I it, it's just really funny to fucking see like Perry White going up against Lex Luthor in this film. Hey. Not, not that you're right. I'm sorry, I didn't, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. But here's an interesting, just like tidbit, if you will. Uh, Fisher is also in Across the Universe with Jim Sturgis. He's not as he really? he's not as primary a character as he is in Twenty One, but he's he's in Across the Universe. You should check out Eurotrip and tell me what you think, especially since we just did a whole fucking. I think it's one of the streaming th- things. You, well, you can find it for free. Wh- when we're when we're done doing homework, because I've got homework, I think through the like middle of next Lawson. year at this point, you know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, he he's it's, also gone to a lot of TV. This guy, um, it's extra credit. Yeah, right. This guy's also gone to a lot of TV. After mm-hmm. twenty one, a lot of t- actually even more consistent than Choi, um, to be honest with you. So okay, but no, I I I like the the dichotomy of Fisher versus Ben in this movie. Like I, it is very much a yin and yang type of thing. 
You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. and you, you get you the impression that Fisher was the original Ben, and now he's been pushed aside. Well, right, but even and I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that leaves the because you know um, Mickey's got a great line about the guy who leaves the team. He's like, because Ben says, "If you're making such great money, why do you leave?" He goes, "I said Google, not Sizzler." You know, like right. you know, like that's you know, it's it's a great line, despite mm-hmm. you know. I also like the whole. That's the other thing that this movie taught me, and it's going to sound really stupid, Rigo, but like, I, first off, and I think you know this about me, but the audience probably does, and I'm a big math person. I like math. Like, I I am not afraid of math. Give me a really hard calculus thing, and you might have to teach me how to do it once, but then give me another problem and, and let me figure it out. Like, I like that kind of shit, you know? So, yeah, when the, the opposite. I fucking hate math. Fair enough. And so when you're, so then you probably didn't enjoy this much as I did, but when they're in Mickey's class for the first time, nonlinear equations, and they're talking about the three doors and the two have the goats and the one's got the car, and he's going through that whole thing about um, variable change, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I think, I think I rewound that a bunch of times just to like, that's a really cool like concept and like, I've actually gotten to a point now where I I will watch like a game show, like if I happen to be watching a game show and I'll have that scenario and I even if the the contestant doesn't make the change, I will and he's not right. that's not a right. that theory is right. Like that mm-hmm. regardless of the being in a movie and being in acting, the the actual theory pans out. More mm-hmm. times if you if you make the change, you win. Mm-hmm. And that kind of intrigues the fuck out of me, you know. And then, and then Spacey or Mickey made it really kind of interesting. Like if I had had a professor like that, I would have been way into that class, you know. Sure. So I'd be at Atlantic City every week. Well, no, no, I don't, I don't know about <laughs> that, but I'm saying like just the, the, the nonlinear equations, you know, part of it and all. And I. For someone who despises math and is actually legit intimidated by math, I it, it doesn't prevent me from enjoying a well crafted scene. Sure. Because I because Spacey or Rose uh, Rosa and Mickey and Mickey Rosa Mickey, yeah Mickey Rosa and and the fucking students, he's dumbing it down just enough for an audience to be like, okay, I get it. Whereas, and that makes it more entertaining. I don't know if it would be likely where they a professor be doing like the your very own car like he wouldn't be cracking jokes um, like Kevin Spacey would he, they would be jokey I've been to, I've been to college classes and I've seen but most often they're not that they're, they're not dumbing it down for a non-math you know student uh, to yeah, I mean yes and no I get what you're saying because I I had a I had a no, this was high school, not college, but I had a geometry teacher that was very much like Mickey in the way that he teaches the class, not all the other bullshit that he does, but just that that that, that personality, right? Mm-hmm. And and that made geometry really interesting to me. And then my my algebra one teacher, if he was losing in class, like if he if he was just like watching and you could see these people were like, you know, eyes glazed over or whatever. He would break off into stuff that had nothing to do with what he was teaching. He would just start asking trivia questions. And then once huh. he got everyone engaged, he would kick back into the math. 
Right. And for whatever reason, that made that click because I was a terrible math student in middle school. And this guy that I'm telling you about was my freshman year algebra teacher. And something about the way he taught that made it click. And it's unfortunately for me, in my opinion, I've never lost that. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it has helped, um, especially because I work in banking, <laughs> you know, it, yes. having, having some math skills has helped. But, um, yeah, I, 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 dude, I dig this film. I, I just dig it. Uh, the only thing that I, I, I hate, and it's a, listen, I, I know it's dumb because you need it for the film, but, like, I hated the whole okay, well, you screwed me from Mickey's perspective, so I'm just going to destroy your fucking life. Like, I hate when they do that in a movie, period. Like, I'm not even picking on this one. I hate when that shit happens. Even even going to Rounders for a minute, like, when Worm fucks him up so bad, like, gets him so deep in that they have to go and try and basically con the cops, even though um, Damon's character had no idea that's what it was going to be when they until they got there. You know, right? And then Worm just has to come back. He can't stick to what was agreed upon of stay the fuck away for eight hours. Let me get the money so we can get out of here and get this dealt with. He had to come back and get some just so fucked over. You know what I mean? Like I, I hate that shit in movies. Period. Yeah, you're watching and you're just like, God damn it. Like, this is already dramatic enough as it is. We don't right. need worm fucking shit up. Um, or Mickey, yeah, the, for that matter. Like, Or Mickey. Yeah. yeah, the whole fucking Mickey stealing from him, and, and it just felt like... And honestly, I didn't even like Fishburne when he fucking, like, they work out this whole deal where he's like, and you get to keep all the money. And then at the end, it's like, now nah, on second thought, give me the money. Yeah, I, I found that... I didn't like that about that character, which is one of those things where I was like, I've got issues with characters. Sure. And shit. Um, where it's like, okay, I get Lawrence Fishburne is a hard ass and he's a blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it just seemed like you're just as bad as Mickey, you motherfucker. But then, okay, it's revealed that, you know, you know, his fucking homies, Josh Gad and whoever the fuck, you know, they also want a ton of money. So they actually probably came out ahead. They were the, they were the distraction. Right, or I don't know that he got the other three, money. I don't know that he got his three hundred thousand dollars back total, but you know. I think they got a decent amount between the two of them. Right, but he's got to split that between the five of them. I mean, you got to figure yeah. or six of them because it's him, it's Jill, it's his two buddies, and Choi, and the other girl whose name escapes me right now. But you know, well, the, other, so. the thing that drives me nuts is that I think it's something specific where. He owes like he loses two hundred grand, but he's got three hundred and ten grand in his ceiling, and Mickey takes all three hundred and ten. Well, because he's he a, doesn't because he's a shit. Meaning, right? Mickey, I, you know, like, I, I'm saying it's like there should have been a series. Where it's just like, all right, fine, you got your two hundred grand back. Give me back my hundred and ten that you didn't need to take from me. You fuck. Right. Right. That's all I'm saying. Well, I did. Um, I yeah, did like. I, I like twenty one. I did like him going to Mickey's class and and using the real life example of the student who stole from the teacher or the teacher who stole from the student. You know, it's like Edison and someone else, right? Yeah, it wasn't. It was it was Sochi and somebody or something like that. I forget. I forget what the names were, but yeah, um, yeah. No, it's it's just a fun film, and I and I like it a lot. I I really do. I saw that. 
I saw that in the theater, actually. Believe it or I think not. I, I think I did, too. Yeah. I saw 21 in a the theater the first time. Um, and I, 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 I dug it. But, I mean, that's because, again, I've been a blackjack player since as far back as I can remember. And so when I saw there was a movie centered around blackjack, I was like, yes, I want to see that. So I made it a point you, to go see that one. You know. So. Do you remember when and where you saw Rounders? Rounders was almost definitely not the theater. But no, I don't remember the specifics. You know, I saw Rounders with a bunch of other movies when I was staying at my brother Joel's house okay. when he was living in San Diego. My dad and I went to visit him and his roommate had this fucking great video collection. A lot of mobster movies, a lot of Boston movies because his family's from Boston sure. and he's also half Italian. But there was like there was a Bronx Tale. There was fucking The Departed. There was all those movies. Right. And then there was Rounders. And I'm like, what the fuck is Rounders? And I and looked at it. That's probably just because of Damon and that whole Boston thing, I'm sure. Probably. Although yeah. I think also I want to say Edward Norton is also technically born in, from Boston. Uh, I'll but, check. I'll check. But I don't but I don't think he's ever played a Boston character. Which he's still not in this film, by the way. Like, right, because you, this is a New York film. Well, true, true, but um, but uh, yeah. So I remember sitting down watching yeah, it, going, Boston. Really? Yep. But I, but I also know he spent a lot of time in Japan. But I don't, I just don't know if Edward Norton is like he's not a Ben Affleck and he's not a Matt Damon or a Marky mm. Mack. He's not like you know doing the Boston role, which, which sucks because he would fucking kill at it. Which, by the way. Um, you and I had a conversation about, uh, the spelling of Berg and whether that it's Jewish or not. And you kept saying Wahlbergs weren't Jewish because they spell it U-R-G. Uh-uh. They spell it E-R-G. It is W, it is B-E-R-G for Wahlberg. Hmm. So either they are Jewish or they're, they may be non-practicing, but yeah. Well, they're Swedish, but, so that's, that was my argument. There's a Swedish... Spelling right. and then there's the the but, Jewish spelling, but they the, spell the... it now. I would so it means one of two things because I know there's Wahlburgers, which is spelled with a U, but think about that the hamburger is spelled with a U, so there's that. Right. So it's one of a couple of things either they change the spelling like a stage name, like we've talked about, plenty of people do, they'll change spell, you know, because it sure. would make you know, or that's really how they spell it. Or the U in Wahlburgersized. Right. I mean, so there's, yeah, anyway, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it. I remember you bringing that up, and I just happened to be watching, I should watch Invincible with Mark Wahlberg, and when his name popped up on the screen, I was like, hey, that, there you go. All right. So. so much, so much, so much for homework, huh? Oh, that's one of those I was falling asleep, like I was going to bed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Look. I just know Mark Wahlberg's not Jewish, but I always thought there was a very specific, like, there's a Jewish, there's the quote-unquote Jewishburg, and then there's fucking Swedishburg. (laughs) Swedishburg versus Jewishburg, I like it. Um, I mean, but I I definitely could be wrong, but I would also Uh, like to point out, you know, the the term hamburger, there's no fucking ham in a goddamn burger, so go figure, so. Right, right. Um. Um, what the fuck were we talking about? We're talking about Edward Norton as a Boston actor, but correct, um, right? 
If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today at our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. So I saw Rounders and I kind of went in kind of blind and I was just completely sucked in. I fucking, I was sucked in in part because John Malkovich, who has like one of the most underrated voices. Yes. Because he totally, my name is John Malkovich, where diction and emphasis on every syllable is important like he does that almost kind of bizarre way of talking and he's even said he hates his own voice do you, do which you know is probably the... god sorry which is probably why he over acts in a lot of his movies because when he's when he talks normally he sounds like kind of a nasally john malkovich like he does which is why you always see Malkovich screaming in his fucking movies. What were you going to ask me? I was going to tell you the first movie I saw him in. Which is? Con Air. Mm. That's, the first time, that's the first time I saw him. It's the first time I saw Buscemi. And it's the first time I ever saw Johnny Trejo. Or, um, Danny. Danny Trejo, yeah. I think the first Malkovich movie that I was more or less not not even aware i was seeing malkovich until years later was the man in the iron mask with leo dicaprio never saw it. that's a fucking movie um, like it's not a great movie but it's a fucking movie you know, what, he- you know what's a fucking movie is being john malkovich that's a fucking movie uh one day cj one yeah. day i will get you to watch the movie get out okay and and we will do a fucking being John Malkovich and get out companion piece because they're both very similar. And, and even Jordan Peele has said, yeah, OK, Let, it, because he was reading theories about the movie Get Out because there's a lot of hidden imagery and messages sure. and theories. Sure. It's like someone said, Get Out is just an unofficial sequel to being John Malkovich. And he said, yeah, OK, that's fair. <laughs> um, But yeah, the. the... The the movie itself, meaning Rounders, is I look man I God I don't even know where to start with that movie because I love first off I like it like I said when you asked me to rank this earlier it's right up there for me so I, I'm not saying bad negative things but there are problems you know uh, and I'm not even talking about his accent because I know that's where you want to go with it but that's not even what I'm talking about like honestly. Um, Joe, fuck her. I know. I was feeling the same way. And all and around, just fuck off. Like, see, Steph, Steph, and I, when we watch a movie privately in our in our place, Steph is the vocal critic. 
throughout the film. No. Doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like, it, Steph answers questions that no one fucking asks her questions for, you know, during yeah. movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. She'll, she'll like, someone in, in a movie will ask another a character another question, and Steph will answer, but it's such a fucking, like, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think I experienced a little of that while I was out there. So A little bit. Yeah. So when we were watching Rounders, and every time Joe would come had, on. Had she seen it before this? I think, yeah. Okay. Because okay. I, I kept doing the, give the man his money, and she would fucking crack up. Like, not like, where is that from? It's right, right. Like, like she knew what it know was. where that's yeah. from, yeah. Um, but we're watching shit with Joe, the character, and every time Joe came on, like Joe is 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 just like don't get it wrong, Matt Damon's character fucked up. He totally fucked up. He keeps lying. He loses his fucking money. He's he's fucking up in school. Well, wait a he's minute. Not like she has a right to be pissed off, but she's not helping the situation either she and she's coming off incredibly uh, uh accusatory were shit i mean let's be honest she'll say where were you he's like were you playing cards and he's just like no i wasn't playing cards okay he lied so she has a right to be annoyed well wait but a minute her wait going a minute. through his shit when he's taking a shower and finding a wad of money and then leaving his ass doesn't like she was like, you were gambling. It's like, well, look, he had money in his pocket. You just assumed he was gambling or well, playing poker because he doesn't gamble. But but here's the thing, right? So you're you're right on all counts there. But like, let's back it up a second, right? Like mm-hmm. when the movie starts, it starts with him going to Teddy KGB's place and and losing, as he phrases it, three stacks of high society, which for those of you keeping track, means thirty thousand fucking dollars. Yeah, playing poker, and yes, that sucks. And whatever, I. E., that's his tuition money. I.e., tuition and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, he he actually lists off a couple things. But what what irks me about Joe with that is that when he went to do that, she was asleep. But I never took that as him sneaking behind her back. He was an active player at the time. She knew he was an active player at the time. And the only reason why she was asleep is because the game didn't start till some ungodly late hour because that's how that shit goes. Right. You know? So there was no sneaking around. He loses the 30 thou and does not, and legit, I believe, does not touch a poker game again until like work. What's that? Yeah, until uh, until Worm gets out, and even then, see the one that irked me more. You're right. Her going through his pockets and pulling the money out, even though he did lie, was kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. More, the one that really irked me was when he goes to drop the thing off at his professor, who's also, I think, the dean of the school, uh, part played by Martin Landau. Brilliantly cast. By oh. The way. Genius casting, yes. When he's in that room and he drops the thing off and he's watching these judges and other attorneys playing the game and kind of helps the judge out, he's not actually playing. He's really mm-hmm. not. And she just doesn't want to hear it. Like, you know, yeah. he, he 
I, I did hear for the first time this time watching it, because I guess I was trying to pay attention more than usual, where she makes a comparison of him to a, like a, a college football star, where, you know, you're just, or a baseball star, because like you're only good to the firm so that you can be at the, you know, the, the summer league or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, right, like oh, right, right. to be on the, the, the firm team or whatever. And I get that, but like, that's not really what he was even doing. Like, you know, like, I, he took 10 seconds. Maybe two minutes of just a little bit of something he enjoyed back. He didn't lose any money. Actually, I think the professor ended up winning the fucking thing. You know what I mean? Yep. That one hand. But he didn't even they, say. They all folded, yeah. And but even if they hadn't, I think he would have ultimately won. You know, let me, and let me, and yeah. wait, just to finish off my point, he never says, "All right, well, I want my my cut of this." Like he and they offer him a position to sit down and play, and he turned it the fuck down like well he did quote-unquote gamble because he did say like i get to be your assistant or whatever he told right, he, you know he i almost took money, that his tongue and cheek did... I, I almost took that as tongue and cheek that even if the guy had said no he wouldn't have been shitty about it i'm like oh well that sucks you know what i mean right. and moved on with his day god yeah yeah no i'm saying go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you but Joe is the type of character where, let's say, Matt Damon's character is a pizza is a is a delivery guy. He's a pizza delivery guy, and he delivers a pizza in the middle of an orgy, someone's house. A bunch of people are fucking, and he's like, "Honey, I didn't fuck anybody." She's like, "Yeah, but you were near pussy, so you cheated on me." Right. That's, that's what Joe yes, is. Yes, it's exactly what that is. Yeah. And and here's my like, Joe is just not a fucking. She's not likable. She's not likable, mm. but there's not a lot of likability in a lot of these characters. Let's really be frank. The um, only one who's really fucking likable is Martin Landau. Petra. I think you can say Petra. Yeah, Petra's fine, but she should have called fucking Mike and said, hey, just so you know, Worm is fucking well, she taking did. your money. She did. No, 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 she didn't. She shows up at she the apartment. After he owns the money, but that's but before that, Edward Norton said, "Yeah, I'll I'll you know give me the full ten grand and then start this vig on Mike without Mike being present." Right, but I mean, I get she should have called Mike and been like, "Hey, buddy, Worm is fucking up your debts now." To agree, though, to do not agree, but to to a degree, she's got to assume that Worm tells him that. You know what I mean? Like they're supposed to be so yeah, fucking but close. But first off, his name is Worm. Well, whatever. He's, not, he's but... not a trustworthy guy. He just got out of prison, and there's a reason why he went to prison in the first fucking place. So Petra knows that. It's not like Petra doesn't know the history of Worm and Mike. She should have called his ass. That's all well, I'm actually, saying. I, I don't think she knows anything prior to them going to the Chesterfield that time. She does not know Worm because he even introduces him by his legal name, and he goes, call me Worm. So, like, she's never met That's Worm true. prior to that moment at the Chesterfield. But she knows Mike because presumably she's been an old girlfriend in the past before Joe. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I will agree with you about that. So, so so presumably Mike has told her about Worm. Presumably. But presumably. Yeah. Uh, um or or she was just a fling. She could have been a one night not a she one night stand, yeah. but she could have just been a fling where there wouldn't have been a whole lot of hey, here's my buddy Worm, you know, like Whatever. Right, right. 
Um, I think Joe gets. I think here's here's what I'm of the opinion of. There's a lot of badly written women in the '90s and 2000s, sure. and 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 a lot of it is because they're written by men. Fair. That's not to say men don't know how to write for women. For, write for women, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my God! I went. I know fucking... how I feel, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my God, Wayne Manor. Um... <laughs> uh, anyways, fucking. <laughs> but like you know, like someone like I think Kevin Smith could write as a woman. Not not that he could write as a woman. He could write for a woman. I'm I'm really not feeling good. Um, he usually does write for women pretty well. I think. But he but he gets female perspective a lot that's what yes. helps yes he does and more often than not he's writing for women that are quote-unquote tougher and usually jersey so i would he, also yeah sorry go ahead and and also he's you know some sometimes he's writing for characters that are not you know quote-unquote normal women like serendipity is is not a real woman so he can do whatever the fuck he wants because he can write inspiration into a, into Selma Hayek's, you know, persona. That's all her point. And she's, you know, she's also one of the guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of Kevin Smith's women are one of the guys. Well, They're yeah, and I, I would also argue that his later films, that Jen has an in, input on that. I guarantee you he runs some of that stuff past Schwabach. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he had the same, he had impact and perspective on Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. So my point is, is there are men who can who can write for women, but back in the '90s and 2000s, there was not a lot of successful. Like I know I because I'll watch it. I'm just like, no woman would say that. No woman would fucking do this. There, uh, Steph and I watched this fucking movie earlier. It's called Twisted. Okay, and it's and it's another. Ashley Judd murder mystery movie. It's it's along the veins of Kiss the Girls, The Bone Collector, Double Jeopardy. It's all these late nineties, early two thousands murder mystery shit, where there's a serial killer and and there's she's a cop or she's abducted and blah blah blah. And for the most part, a lot of those are guilty ass pleasures because you know who doesn't like a good murder mystery, especially when you got like Morgan Freeman or Samuel Jackson. Or Ashley Judd or Tommy Lee Jones sort of thrown in the mix, right? And Steph and I were watching this movie, and the premise is, is that she's a, uh, Ashley Judd is a cop, and she gets promoted, and all of her ex one night stands, all of her quote unquote ex boyfriends, start fucking dying, and like they're murdered, and they're all murdered by the same ammo, and blah blah blah, right. and she doesn't know who the killer is and she and she sort of becomes the prime suspect right and there's like portions of it where i'm like she's getting like every guy in this movie is just disgusting just really kind of sexually aggressive and really like you know they do things where they just touch her face without asking and and then they like whisper weird things and then like like her partner is played by andy garcia and she said to him while they're driving she's like how much did I drink last night? Because I think I blacked out. Like, and he said, well, man, I should have been there. Like, ew, what the fuck does that mean? Like Steph and I were both like, what the fuck does that mean? Did Andy Garcia just make a fucking like, well, man, it's a, it's a shame. I wasn't there to rape you while you were blacked out. 
Like what? Jesus. Like what? Like what kind of fucking? And I re- I re- looked at it. I'm like, yeah, a man wrote this shit. And I looked it up. I think it was like three guys wrote this shit. That's the problem. Right. And I think that's the problem with Rounders is that it's clearly a man's movie. It's a man's world in that movie. And when you like Petra represents the quote unquote ideal woman in that world, she's brunette. She's kind of like she drinks with the boys. It's Famke Jensen, who's always fucking hot, you know, mm-hmm. and and she is part of the underground underworld gambling thing. You know, she she is she's a Molly, you know, like Molly is also the epitome yeah. of what a guy wants in a yeah. roundabout way. She can hang with the big boys and she looks like herself. She looks like fucking um, Jessica Chastain. And I'm looking on IMDb here and in the book, um ah! Michael, it says novelization of the film, so I think it's one of those written after, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted it's to be nice. able to say, I just wanted to be able to say in the book, um, Michael, so. Michael and Petra actually do get together, so like it's much more expanded upon in that than it is in the film. But they do they get they get together when she says I could stay, and or they get together after the end of the book or film uh, I, it doesn't specifically say but it's definitely after it's it's post joe it's not pre-joe gotcha so gotcha. um you and i were you were talking about how martin mart landau is probably the only great cast i would i would argue one other one honestly okay uh, um and be, beyond because i think damon's good casting for no no, for no what i said was likable character like oh uh, well I, see and even then I would still I would still stick with where I was going to go. So you even okay. though you're adjusting my thought process there, I'm still going to stick this. I think Kinesh, John Totero's character, you know. Yeah. I I I like Kinesh not. He he's rough, but he's likable, if that makes sense, you know. He's Mike who, but he's Mike when he lived as Worm, and had he, he had to fucking like, okay, I can't be Worm anymore. I got to fucking do this right. Right. I can't, you know, he he's a seasoned Mike and Worm. Um I no, no. Uh if I if I said it the wrong way, I'll I'll rephrase it. I think the I think Rounders is perfectly cast. I think whoever played Joe did a great job. I just think the character is unlikely. Right. Uh, isn't right, likable. Right. No, 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 no. You're, um, you're right there. And Nev Campbell was actually uh turned down the role, believe it or not. I would have not for nothing. I I don't think she could have done enough to make the character likable, but I I have such a soft spot for Nev Campbell. I would I like to have seen her that. do it. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. So, um, I think Edward Norton was perfect in as as Worm. I mean, the opening the opening scene where they introduce his character is mm. is fantastic because he oh, had just finished. <laughs> yeah, he was he was doing um uh American History X, so that's why he's got the goatee. And the short hair. Okay. And so that's, and then he shaves all that shit off and he wins all these cigarettes. And Edward Norton is a very staunch anti smoker. Like, there's really, there's so few films where he's smoking on screen because he personally detests it. And he also thinks, why the fuck am I going to kill myself for my craft? Blah, blah, blah. A lot of times, though, they're not smoking actual cigarettes when you see that on film. At least that's something I read. You know, those Well, are... for minors, yes, they are fake. If, if it's marijuana, 
it's fake marijuana unless okay. you're like I mean no, even not... Seth Rogen has like, oh yeah, it's fake fucking pot. We don't you know, it's awful. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking but... about like cigarette cigarettes though too. If you're no, no, not no, a no. no. Hold on. Cause I, I read this of people who are not smokers who they don't wanna smoke because they weren't smokers to begin with, they'll have them smoking something that's packaged like a cigarette, but it's not tobacco. That that is true. They're herbal cigarettes, and right, I've that's... had one, and they're fucking awful. Well, I didn't say they were good. I'm just saying they're not cigarettes. They're it, not. It, it 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 tastes like. I'll tell you what it tastes like. It tastes like. It tastes like pot. Where like really like horrible pot where it's just rough and makes your throat hurt, and also tastes like soap. It's like okay. kind of sucking on an incense stick is really kind of the, like if you can inhale that smoke from incense, it's that flavor. Um, but so that whole scene where Edward Norton fucking like has the smokes and he just throws them away was a reference to the fact that he's like, fuck you. I'm, I won these cigarettes fair and square, but I'm not a smoker because fuck you guys. Right. You know, I, I just did it to fuck the brothers and, and fuck the system and blah, blah, blah. Um, Honestly, the only movie I can at the top of my head that I remember where I've seen Edward Norton smoking a cigarette or a fake cigarette is in Fight Club, ironically enough. There's a part where he's all beat yes. the fuck up and he's working in his yes. office and he's got a cigarette yep. hanging out. You could argue, for those who know the know the ending, you could argue that is his real personality being Tyler slipping yeah, yeah. slipping through the cracks, so to speak. Yeah, yep. I could, I could, uh, uh, yeah. I never thought of it that way, but that's a that's a good good Paul there. Because it's yeah. only the one time, right? You're just like what the that's random as fuck, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought his portrayal is see. I would put Rounders in there with like it's a Scorsese movie without being a Scorsese movie. It's very I reminiscent of like yeah. it's like reminiscent of Mean Streets with it's it's without the Italian ideology, but it's very New York, you know. It's 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 uh, Goodwill Hunting and a Scorsese film all kind of rolled into one, and you get a little bit of. Um, well, the funny thing is, is you have two separate Tom Ripley's going against each other, so you know Matt Damon was in the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. So, the character Tom Ripley was also played by John Malkovich, and it was oh. called Ripley's Game. So you got Ripley sitting against Ripley. There you go. That's what's really fucking funny to me. Um, and with Malkovich's fucking accent, there's a portion where he delivers this whole fucking, you know, he 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 does. It was the first day of, of showing off what he was going to do. And he just gives us over the top. Hammy Russian this. accent. Yeah. yeah. And everyone applauds like the cast and crew are like, that's such great acting, blah, blah, blah. And Malkovich. Leans in to David's like I'm a dreadful actor, like he he yeah. knew that it was a fucking sh- like hammy accent, hammy performance, but like he's just like I'm a dreadful actor, and I guess that was a way of trying to like relax David, you know, like look, I'm gonna do this hammy ass bullshit, just have fun with me. Let's just play. let's just have fun together. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I believe that. I believe that that happened. There's a couple interesting pieces of um, trivia on this one I want to kind of talk about real quick. Just small stuff, but nothing bad or, or nothing big in terms of wanting to talk about. First off, I want to applaud them for how many, how much um, on location they did. 
you know, like that. You, it's not exactly the same thing. It's not an apples to apples type of thing. But remember when we were doing the Bad Boys films, and we realized we found out that the third one was filmed primarily in Atlanta, trying to pass itself off as Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, most of this film, if not all of it, was actually shot in New York. Even the law school stuff, it wasn't New York, but it was at Rutgers Law, which is right across the river in Jersey. So, yes, uh-huh. it's technically not New York. It's not NYU Law, but I'll, I'll forgive them. It's still there, is my point. You know, right, the rest right, of right. it, I like even the, even the scene that I was telling you I don't like where they get the shit kicked out of them at that with the cops was done at an FOP lodge. <laughs> you know, what, so, what's FOP? Fraternity Order of Police. Oh, okay. You know, so basically where they those guys would go and hang out after working a 12-hour shift on a payday. Like, that's, you know. Well, see, that's that's why I use the term, like, like I compare it to a Scorsese film. Because Scorsese is the most prolific New York director, really. As, yeah. and, and so much, I mean, apart from Woody Allen, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, like, like there are different shades of New York. Scorsese's got the the hard part of New York and Woody Allen really try to show the glitzy glamour of Manhattan and New York. Gotcha. Um, I would argue rounders, like I said, looks more like it looks like a mean streets. It looks like it looks, um, it looks rougher on the edges. It shows a world that we're not used to seeing. Sure. Sure. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. And so I, uh, who, who played, um, who played the other guy, the one that was like, after their money was that Michael Raspoli or who, who's that actor? Oh, Grandma. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you that in one second, but I wanted to just because I don't want to lose my spot on the trivia page. So if you'll let me, just two sure. quick things, and I'll, I'll get that answer for you. Um, number one, um, where did it go? Oh, so this isn't going to mean a lot to you, but I want to explain it to the audience. So, do you remember when he's telling Kinesh? It's after he's got the shit kicked out of him. Worm's gone, and and he goes to Kinesh for the for the thirty or the fifteen thousand to pay Grandma back, and Kinesh is like no, and he kind of starts to give him a lecture, and Mike just finally snaps and tells him why he went to Teddy KGB's in the first place. Yeah, the story about going to Atlantic City and beating Johnny Chan. Originally, the script had him playing against Phil Hellmuth instead of Johnny Chan. Now, Phil Hellmuth probably doesn't mean shit to you in terms of who that mm-hmm. is, but Phil Hellmuth is, and I'd have to look it up because it may not be the case anymore, but for years, he was the youngest winner of the World Series of Poker ever. Like, he wanted it, like, I want to say, like, 28 years old. Like, he was way young when he won it. Yeah. He's never won it since. But he's been nicknamed since the brat of poker because he is notorious. You ever seen like John McEnroe, the tennis player, the way he reacted when he would like things would be on the oh, line yeah. or that's how he reacted to like people not like ch- checking when they should have folded or betting. Like if someone doesn't like, remember I was telling you how like people get shitty at the blackjack tables if you don't play yeah. right. Phil gets that way with anyone who doesn't play right at the poker tables. Mm-hmm. So I think going, in my opinion, because Phil, I've watched Phil throw a hissy fit on live television when someone mm-hmm. hasn't done what they're supposed to. And even though this was a movie and they could have edited that stuff out, I could have seen that happening even on a scripted lose, you know. And so I actually felt 
better that he goes up against Johnny Chance, especially because he watches that scene from the, I think it's the 87 or 88 World Series Correct. with Johnny Chan earlier in the movie. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing, you'll love this, and I, I knew part of this, but I this one part I didn't know. So uh, as part of the promotion for the film, uh, Ed Norton and Matt Damon both played in the 98 World Series of Poker. Uh-huh. Because um, anyone can go play. You could go play if you wanted to. You just have to have the 10,000 buy-in. You know, that's that's really the rub on the whole thing. Right. Um, I could go if I had 10K. But, uh, so I'm assuming the the studio paid for it or whatever. But even if they didn't, I'm sure that those guys have that kind of money. So either way. Right. They go, here's the thing I didn't know. Matt Damon knocked out Doyle Brunson. Doyle Brunson yeah. is like the man. When it comes yeah. to poker, he is like He's the, the only of, of poker. Yeah, the legend, and he and Matt Damon knocked out Doyle Brunson. That's crazy to me. That's not a I, shot at, and that's not a shot at Damon. That's just like, you know, I, I how do, you know? I just don't know how to. That would be like, you know, one of us thinking we could go. You know, using you said, but you know, uh, the Ali. That would be like. That's that's really like if if you had like a real life Rocky going in against Ali and beating him. That's what this is, you know. So right. Well, it's also like the comparison because it's nothing against Damon, but like it's just an actor. That's you right. know, he's it's an actor playing a part. It would be the equivalent of like Matt Damon being like, "I played an I played a boxer in this movie, so therefore I'm going to go fight Mike Tyson." There are some actors the that, fuck out. There are some actors that are really good poker players, though. Let's I'll be, you know, like we're, we're and that's going to come up when we talk about Molly's game because I got a decent amount of shit to talk about. Good, because I'd be curious about that, and we'll get there in just one second because I do want to transfer over to that. But like, for example, and he's not in this movie, but you know who Kevin Pollock is? Oh, I love Kevin Pollock. Yeah, me too. Um, he, but he's an avid poker player, like yep. avid, and and he. I think he missed he's made the money at the World Series of Poker a couple times. So yep. what that what that means for the audience and Rico if you in case you don't know too is to play in the World Series of Poker the the no limit specific tournament you pay the 10k the 10k and you go and you start to play. If you lose you're out obviously. But once it gets down to a certain number of players even if you lose you're still guaranteed some money because mm-hmm. You don't win the money you you earn at the table, but there's like placement. Kevin right. Pollock, from my understanding, has made the money at least three times against yeah. some pros, against your Phil Hellmuse, your Doyle Brunsons, um, Johnny Chans, and there's a bunch of guys I know I'm I'm forgetting their names just because, but you know that's impressive. You know, of so course you you know whereas like. But I guess my point is that it's easier for someone like a Kevin Pollock or a Matt Damon or a, an Ed Norton to go to the World Series of Poker and potentially do well and maybe even win the whole fucking thing. Whereas if, to your point, Dan, Matt Damon was playing a boxer and he went in and tried to fight like Evander Holyfield, he's going to get his ass kicked. You know, mm. <laughs> like, you know that, that that's not going to be a fair fight. He's probably going to die. No. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I don't know. He was pretty convincing as Jason Bourne. So sure, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I know. Uh, grandma, grandma, grandma. 
you want to know who played Grandma? I think you're right, but I'm just confirming here. Well, uh, I don't know if it's Michael Raspoli because I think Michael Raspoli died. But it's definitely, and uh, he's definitely an Italian, Grandma. and he's on The Sopranos, I think. No, it's Michael Raspoli. You're right. Really? Yep. Is Michael Raspoli still alive? Uh, I'm looking right now. Uh, yeah, according to this, he is. All right, there's someone else that I'm confusing him with. He was the fucking guy from, you saw Dances with Holes? No. Oh, fuck. All right, I'm going to have to. I can, I can look it up. I mean, I can still access Dances with Holes, but I've just never seen it. You give me a name. I don't remember. The, I don't remember the character's name that he plays in Dances with Wolves. So I just, but I'm. He was this guy who like died, and he was an Italian American actor, and he looks like Michael Raspoli. Is all I'm saying. But well, yeah. Michael Raspoli is also the Sopranos. When you get back on it, he Robert, plays uh, Robert Pastorelli. Is that who you're thinking of? Maybe. That might be it. Yeah, you're thinking he's dead because he was also on. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Michael. He was in Eraser. He was in Beverly Hills Cop Two. He also was a recurring role on Murphy Brown. I think that's who you're thinking of. You're probably right, but you can also see why they looked similar. I could see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Passarelli. Yeah. So. There you go. Anyways, um, all right. Um, but on do you the, have on the Player X and and Co. I just have one more thing I want to say about rounders, but it's not going to draw out into a long thing. Um, I, there's actually there's two things, but they're both short. First off, um, I've watched that movie countless times. Rounders, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it, but mm-hmm. I never, and I don't know why this viewing did it, but I never could figure out KGB's tell. Like they never said he. I know it involved the Oreos. I know. I mean, I wasn't that far gone on. I knew it involved the Oreo, but I never understood exactly what about the Oreo was the tell. And this time I got it. I finally fucking figured it out. And I felt so better that I, happy with myself that I finally understood what the fucking tell was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, do you know what it is? I'm sure you probably do, but do you know what it is? It's the splitting of the Oreos and, and he, yes, but there's more to it. Well, it, he also is looking like when he does it, he's looking thoughtfully like he's trying to hide his anxiety. But that's not it. But, you're, you're overthinking it, honestly. Okay, what? When he doesn't have it, he doesn't eat it. He splits it, puts it back together, and puts it back in a thing. When he's got it, he eats it. I'll be goddamned. I didn't even fucking realize that. It, it took me till this viewing, no shit. And I've seen this movie. A bunch of times. You had the Matt Damon moment where you're just like, motherfucker, I yeah. get it now. Yeah. And I've been and I've been looking ever because he says I figured out his tell. So it's not like it's not like it's implied. He flat out says I figured out John, you know, Teddy's tell. And I've been trying to figure it out because they never tell you what it is beyond the fact that it involves the Oreos. For like 15 years. Right. And then I finally figured, I watched it this last time to get ready for this thing. And I'm like, that's it. He eats the Oreo when he has it. When he doesn't have it, he puts it back in the tray. Mm-hmm. So that was the and first thing. And he throws everything fucking on the floor. Well, like, well, that, well that's because that's because he knows that um, Mike figured out up. his tell. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out real quick was that I liked. We don't know what happens in Vegas, which is a little disappointing. But we and 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 he doesn't get Joe back, which is whatever that you want to say. I think honestly that's a win, from my opinion. But okay. it, he also comes out on top. He gets everybody paid back, 
and he ends up with his three stacks of high society back. Like, it comes full fucking circle. And yep. that, even if characters get redemption, it doesn't always come full circle like that. And I really like that that character gets his full redemption. I really do. I agree. I told Steph this. I said, I'm not one to really want to see unnecessary sequels, especially 20 years later. Yeah. Not going to lie. I really want to see... How I want to follow up of what happens, but uh, yeah. And the rumors are they were thinking about making a rounders too. Like there's been circulation about Damon wants to do it. Edward Norton wants to do it as long as the script is right. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah I, right. I, I hope it's fine if it's going to happen, but it's gotta be, I think it's gotta be the same director. It's gotta be the same writer. Right. It's gotta, it's gotta be, in the family, so to speak, like who who else would know what happens, and and also just not a not not coming to America, you know what I'm saying? Like not not a sequel yeah. that's just oh my god, what the fuck was that? Yeah, yeah, you know, no, it's um, got to be a, it's got to be as serious as the first one, maybe maybe differently, but yeah, I get it. You know, you you have your hustler and you have your color of money. All, all I'm saying is you make the rounders too, the color of the money. Compared to the hustler, that's all. I don't want to get into a long pitch thing on this, but I could almost see it as Mike actually goes out, either does well or wins the World Series, and Warham comes after him. That's how I would kind of view the at least the beginning mm-hmm. version of the, the beginning of it, how it how it plays out. I don't have it. Warham least, comes after him. Yeah, like like because they they part ways, right? Yeah, and and actually, there's a really interesting throw. To Ocean's Thirteen, actually in Ocean's Thirteen, back to Rounders. That I should, I don't want to tell you about. It sounds like we're going to be doing an Ocean thing, so I'll tell you about that when we do it. But um, they part ways. Mike goes back to the city and sorts everything out, and it's presumed that their friendship is dead. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my thing is like, it's been a couple years now, ten years. What if you want to go real time, whatever? Mike's out and living in the Vegas area doing the, the professional gambler thing and Worm and he finally wins the World Series and Worm goes out to try to Hey buddy, where are you at? Let's pick things up, you know, that whole thing. Sure. You know. Or you could just look at the Oceans Eleven as a sequel to Rounders. You know, he just changes his fucking name to Linus. You know. Yeah, but he Mike was, in was an alias the whole time. But he was in Chicago. He moves to okay, so he moves to Chicago. No, fair enough. All right. Anyway, you coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey. I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Uh, Molly's game. All right. So speaking of Matt Damon poker, Matt Damon did play a lot of poker, as you said, with Ben Affleck and mm. Leo DiCaprio and most Pollock frequently, most frequently, though, was Tobey Maguire. Player X is based on Tobey Maguire. Is that Molly's confirmed? Game. It's widely, it's widely theorized based on <laughs> people who have seen the games, 
who have been involved in the games. Like, there's another character who's wearing headphones while he's playing poker in Molly's game. Yeah. That is believed to be a reference to Leo. Leo would play, would listen to music on headphones as he's playing poker. A lot lot of pros do that, too, though. Yeah. But but specifically because Leo has been at Molly Bloom's games frequently. Sure. But Tobey Maguire, like, you know, I know he was like our Spider-Man growing up and all that, but... Tobey Maguire was kind of like I'm finding out more and more about the guy, I don't, and I, I just—I don't have. I've never had a a lot of love for that guy. Like I, I mean, I enjoyed those Spider-Man films, but I was never like, oh my god, Toby. Like honestly, it's well, no, it, dumb. it wasn't like oh my god, Toby, but it was more of like you know, at the time it was like, yeah, dude, Michael Keaton was Batman, and then it's like, oh wait, there's another actor who's actually kind of better. Yeah, I I never saw like I enjoyed the films, but like I never bought it. Like, the first time I bought it, and I don't want to get all Marvel thing because we do that way too often anyway, but, like, I've said this before. The first time I actually bought Peter Parker was on screen Tom Holland, and I still stick to that. I, I, I yeah, we're we're not going to go. We'll, we've already done that in Nauseam. But Tobey Maguire is that actor who kind of comes off very, as an actor, more often than not, he kind of comes off innocent, kind of nerdy kind of this and blah 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 and kind i'm of kind douchey. of yeah uh, and now i'm realizing more often than not that his real personalities is pretty much just a cruel douchebag there's a, this is from molly bloom's lips in in written in her book and she said this numerous times that player x played by michael Sarah of all fucking people who well, actually i think did a good job by the way Michael Sarah did a great job, but and and once you go into it thinking this is Tobey Maguire, it really fucking like you get it. Uh, Maguire is the guy who told Molly Bloom that he would pay her, uh, give her a five thousand dollar chip if she barked like a seal. Oh, you told me that before. I remember that. I think. Yeah. Now they didn't put that in the movie, but that general characterization is there like that feeling of oh you're just a fuck and now more than ever i can kind of believe toby like toby mcguire telling somebody like i don't i don't like to play for money i don't like i don't even like poker i like ruining people's lives Hmm. like i there's just something about toby mcguire now where i could just see him saying that you know that being said uh, he and, and Leo were childhood friends. Like they met when they were auditioning for the same shit when they were both child actors. So Leo and Toby have been best friends for what, 30 years now? More? They've got to both be close to, they're, they're both in their, got to be in their mid to late 40s. Who, I'm sorry, it's, who again? I, I was looking at something. Both both Leo DiCaprio and, and Toby have got to be like, Actually, Toby McGuire and I have the same birthday, just obviously different years. Right. Uh, hold on. So Leo, because I just had his name on screen. It's got to be like 74. Uh, by the way, the the headphone thing, just uh, I'm not trying to split hairs with you. Apparently, it's saying here that that's not him, but it's a nod to him. But it wasn't actually supposed to represent him. Well, okay. Well, in this, but I mean, I've also heard Player X is supposed to be in a combination of characters like Leo and, 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 and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck right, and, right. and Toby, but the general population 
believes it's really based on Toby because she's she singles him out specifically as a real fucking douche. Um, as far as I know, she didn't say anything bad about Ben Affleck or Leo, is what I'm saying. But right, she so, really specifically said Toby. So Leonardo, the cat, what the what is he? Does he not it, it, have? There he goes. It, okay. It it doesn't matter. I was just kind of like theorizing well, that they're both. Well, all right, so he's seventy four. Oh, I was right. Well, he, then Toby's got to be uh, guessing June twenty seventh, nineteen seventy five, give or take. Toby, oh, damn it! I what album if I could type? Toby McGuire, yeah, seventy five, June twenty seventh, seventy five. Wow, uh, it's weird that was that spot on. That's fucked up. Um. Look, that that's not like the whole reason why Molly's blue, Molly's game is like a movie. It's just something to talk about the fact sure. that I'm like it's it's really fucking like I, like just like how we were talking about like how there's really not super redeeming characters in Rounders apart from Mike and and the professor and maybe Petra, Kanish, Kanish, yeah, stuff like that. There's 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 a lot of bad in Molly's game too. You know, sure. like her father. Oh, he's uh, a he's a yeah. Like not for nothing. Kevin Costner can be a great fucking actor. His performances and Dances of Wolves, uh, uh, Feel the Dreams and, and Bull Durham and, and Mr. Brooks. One of my all time favorite fucking movies to recommend is Mr. Brooks. You've heard me do it all the time. Mm-hmm. His performance as. Father Bloom, whatever the fuck his name is, is he's just a fucking tool and he's abusive as a father yep. psychologically. And you know, he knows what the damage he's doing because he is a shrink. That's what's really fucked up is like every time he says something or does something to his daughter or his sons, he's causing psychological trauma just so he can basically have them as a patient in the future, yeah. which is so fucking stupid to me. Um, not gonna lie, that ending monologue where he is voice breaks where he's like no these fuckers will suffer that whole sequence got me choking up man i'm not uh, not no, gonna I lie i got it yeah i, I was you. like you're still a piece of shit but you kicked their asses dad like fuck <laughs> like you fuck you um for those who don't know molly bloom was is a real life person who had her own underground game Full of and and for the most part, it was fully legal. Like it was as legal as possible. She went to a lawyer and said, "Is this legal?" Blah blah blah. Right. And and the lawyer kept saying, "Like, yeah, you know, you're being legal when you're not being legal." And she's like, "Are we being illegal?" He's like, "I mean, kind of, not really. Like, it's whatever." Right. He's and like, he, "No, no, no. I I don't want to break the law." He's like, well, right, "Well, you're not as you and, are." And the love of the research I did because I did some is that. What they say, and I know this is a movie, but what they say in the movie about how she was not taking a percentage of the actual pots, which is taking the rake, right, is what made it not illegal. It wasn't until right. she started taking the rake that you know, right. if they were throwing her a tip, you know, at the end of the night, like, hey, thanks for the great time, here's a thousand dollars or whatever it was, that's a tip. That's a tip. She never said it costs you a thousand dollars to come play. Yesterday, she right. you say the buy-in was ten grand, but that ten grand buy-in, she never got any of that. Went out no. to the other players. So, right. you know, like yeah, 
And then she only started doing, she only started taking the rake for six months. And then she stopped. And then two years later, she gets arrested. Yep. For racketeering, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like she got recode, you know? Um, and then that's the movie. I mean, this movie, Molly's Game, is, is, I, I have got to say, Jessica Chastain fucking, yeah, nails the role. Yep. She's able to, like, I've seen what Molly Bloom looks like, and it's not so dissimilar. Like, I almost could actually have seen, if this was made in, like, the early 2000s, it would have been Fonky Jensen. It would have been Petra. Probably, it, yeah. Yeah. In terms of appearances. Yeah. I just had to think about it for a second. Yeah, you're you're probably not wrong. I'm trying to think of who else could have played. Not that Jessica did a bad job. I agree with you. She she did fantastic. But I'm just trying to think of who else. Like if we were casting this, um, you know who else I could see doing it is I. And you may I don't think you like this actress as much as I do, but I could be wrong. Um, I I see Scarlett Johansson playing this role. Not well. in the mid. No, no. I mean, like now. It depends like, on what year we're doing this. I'm talking like right when it was cast, like instead of Jessica. Oh, currently. Um, yeah, I could see that. Now, accor- that. according to this, Molly Bloom actually went to Sorkin and, and said, I want Chastain to play me. And that's why they pursued her to, to play the role. So that was, was great. Guy. I mean, if anyone would know who should play her best, it's just the person. <laughs> right, who... right, right. Um, if this was made in like the early 2000s, you know who I would have gone if she could do it. And I know she could do a convincing American accent. I know she could do good dialogue. Sure. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You get the and and I have got to give all the credit. Idris Elba is really good at this. Oh, my God. He's so good. He's so good. You know what? As we were watching this, I leaned over to Steph. I'm like, you get why people want him to play James Bond, right? She's like, oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I, I totally wanted him to play Bond. Yeah. I wanted that. I was all for it. I had zero problem with it. <laughs> I don't think he, I think his main criticism of why he won't do it is like, I don't want to be the first black Bond. If there's exactly a, one, what there's he a said, black yeah. Bond before me, I'll, then I'll fucking be Bond all day, yep. every day. He also said, I'm, I'm too fucking old, man. Like, I'm too old to start playing Bond. Yeah, but he also, but then he does that Hobbs and Shaw film with all the action in it, so I don't know, but... Yeah, but the Bond movies are notorious for really fucking up the actors physically. Yeah, like, yeah, Daniel Craig is... Daniel Craig's had numerous, numerous, yeah. numerous injuries. We've talked about broken that. broken bones, yeah. yeah. Um, but I could listen to Idris Elba fucking doing Sorkin dialogue all day. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he really... I... <laughs> I remember. I I know this is not a comedy film, but I there were there are definitely some laughable moments throughout the film. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Aaron Sorkin has a little level of comedy amidst the seriousness. That's right, what you're you, saying. right, but you certainly don't want to call it a comedy film. But you Never. know, one of the one of the most comedic moments for me is when they go to the arraignment hearing right mm-hmm. after she's met. Idris Elba for the first time and he's like okay I'm not going to be your lawyer but I'll I'll represent you today or whatever and they get into the courtroom and they've got guards on either side of her to protect mm-hmm. her from the Russians and he keeps going switch with me and then right. he talks to her and he's like switch back alright switch with me 
Like, fucking sit down, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm not even angry about it when I say it that way, but it's like, stop, just sit the fuck there and talk to her, you know? Yeah, I know. That part where I was like, all right, that's getting a little... It was, but it was also entertaining. Like, I wasn't annoyed by it, you know, so... Right. It's that level of Sorkin where, like, there's no chance in hell this really happened, but it's kind of funny to admit. Like, like that whole, like, in Moneyball where Pitt, like, says, when I point at you, you talk. Yeah, that whole thing. It's that it's it's like Tarantino doesn't make comedies, but Tarantino writes funny ass fucking dialogue from time to time. So is Aaron Sorkin. Uh, I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing the um, uh, Jack Nicholson impersonation and a few good men, the same thing. Like when when Tom Cruise is doing uh, Jessup, you know, you know, (laughs) I think that was just Tom Cruise like. Being the only actor at the time who had the balls to do Jack. I mean, Jack. that that might be too. I can't argue that. That's certainly possible. But yeah. Well, that goes also back to Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack. Oh, Kevin Pollack is a master impressionist. Oh, have you he seen really his is. Impressions? He's so good. Yeah. What? I was like, have you seen any of his other impressions? Oh, like, fuck oh, his cards. Yeah. I love his impressions. Oh, he, no. He, they, no, the, his impressions are really good. I. I I mean, obviously, my favorite of his is probably his walking, but he does a bunch of really good ones. You know, his walking's so. great. Uh, he inter- he did this whole thing where he interviewed Titus Welliver. Do you know who that actor is? Not off the top of my head, no. Titus Welliver was on the show Deadwood. He was also in that current show Bosch or whatever. Okay, Bosch probably uh, is what you're thinking. Bosch, of. yeah, yeah. And he's also he was also in Gone Baby Gone, and I think he was in. The town. He, he's sort of a, a frequent go-to for Affleck these days. This dude's a master impressionist in his own way. And Kevin Pollack interviewed Titus Welliver doing the age of Pacino. So it's 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 Kevin Pollack being like, hi, I'm Kevin Pollack, and I'm sitting here with uh it's 1969, and I'm with this new up-and-coming actor, uh Mr. Al Pacino. Hi, Mr. Pacino. How are you? Hi, how are you? Like he does the the very you're like ah oh, you know I'm I'm from the Bronx oh and, yeah you know, no I'm... he he and then they he... they do like a thirty second bit and he's like all right and we're back and here is Mr. Pacino you've just finished filming The Godfather Part Two you're on your way to working on this new film called Serpico how do you feel about that uh, when I was doing uh, Serpico and, and he lowers the timber just enough or it's still young Pacino but it's not so right and he does this to send him a woman Pacino. And then he does this like 2008, like, oh, like he does. It, it's the level of commitment where if you close your eyes, you could hear Titus Welliver. You you believe it's Pacino. It's so fucking good. And, and <laughs> anyways, um, I'm saying there needs to be more impressions in fucking Sorkin movies is all I'm saying. There you go. Um, I fucking I dug Molly's game, but I also had a big I'm. I I don't I'm not comfortable anymore, and I re, it's one of the few things that makes me sick to my stomach where I see women get brutalized, like in a really really. Oh, where she gets it, the kicked out of her by um by an Italian, yeah. and it really fucking because the guy just doesn't. It's one of those old school Sicilian mafiosi where it's just like. He doesn't even acknowledge, he doesn't even think of her as a woman. He just like, you're just, you're just a target, but I'm going to, I'm going to 
beat the fuck out of you so hard, you're going to stay in your apartment for 14 days, you know, for two fucking weeks. Right. High. And it's just that level of, as a viewer, I, I was really, because the first time I saw it, I said, oh, fuck, I can't. I, I had to stop and kind of get through it. And then the second time I watched it, I skipped through it. I, I fast forwarded through it. I just, I can't do it. It's, it's, it's just that new thing. I've, I've, I, I know too many girls and I've dated too many girls that have been, uh, in that position, not from the mafia, just being beaten and abused. And it's hard to, you can't comfort someone numerous times or numerous people just once and then watch it for entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I would much rather text watch Saw and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where like, okay, it's cartoony fucking violence. I I'm I'm fine with women getting stabbed by Jason. I cannot handle just a normal dude punching a woman or slapping a woman. It's just not okay for me. Uh, which makes well, going through the fucking girl with the jagged tattoo really fucking difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um, let's circle back to a different female from the film then for a minute. It it may not be as because there's another trope that starts in this film that I I hate. And I was so glad to see it take a direction that I don't usually see in this trope, which made me okay with it by the end. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the way Idris Elba's character... I'm going to get the guy's name because it's always starting to irk me. Um, let's see here. Uh, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Really, he's not in a top cast. Are you fucking? Kidding? Oh, there we go, Charlie. Charlie. So, Charlie, when you meet his daughter for the first time, he's one of those parents. It's like, all right, you're gonna do this extra work because I told you to do it because I want you to be prepared. Like, I'm all for getting your kids extra education. I'm not against that, but I hate those parents to do to like you're gonna do this all this extra work because I told you you need to learn it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing irks me it's it, it's different if you say to your kid hey i'm reading this really cool thing called the crucible i think you should read this you might dig it as opposed to right. read this and write me a report do you know what i mean like that kind of thing really bothers me in a or, general or or if it's uh, like a uh a, a part of cl- your class that you're having difficulty on it's like all right well i'm gonna assign you extra work to make sure you really get it you know, if you're uh, if you don't understand math, I'm going to write up some math problems from time to time. You're going to do it just so I make sure that you're getting you're good at this. Right. But that's that's different than just being like one of those helicopter parents that he's kind of doing. Right. And I was like, uh, and then there's that scene where he's in there with Molly and he's just like, am I being too hard on her? You know what I mean? Like he has that moment. Of am I be you know, like maybe I'm wrong. Self-awareness. Right. And I'm maybe I'm wrong here. And even though Molly's like, no, I think you're doing the right thing, that somehow justified it for me. And I no longer was like, okay, that's a problem. Does that, you know what I mean? Like, and it, it made it not so bad for me. Well, the other flip is that when Steph and I were watching it, she was, Steph was like, you're, you're being just, you're not being as hard as Kevin Costner's character. Oh, no, no. But you're still like, you're, you're being overly pressure. Like, you know, sure. you get this, give this girl a chance. Dad made me fucking read the grapes of wrath when I was 10 years old. That's a hard book. Yeah. You know, that that's a book they assigned high school. If I remember correctly, but I was writing it at 10 and I fucking hate it. But dad made me write a fucking goddamn book report to give to him. 
And then he, he, you know, said, all right, yeah, you kind of missed the whole point of the book, but you know, you, you did a book report, which was, you know, then, you know, <laughs> one day for school, I turned it in for extra credit. It was an old ass paper. I'm like, can I get extra credit for this? I read grapes of wrath over the la- over the week. And they're like, yeah, sure. Cool. All right. Got a fucking, I think I got an A minus for it, but it wasn't, you know, whatever. There you go. My point is there are those parents that I've had that. I've had those parents. Mom never did that shit. Mom never assigned me extra work. Mom was very much the. Mom, my mom did more what I told you. She would be like, I really recommend you do this. You know what I mean? But it would never be like, you're going to write me a report. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Ron very much was write me a report. And also here's math problems. Do math problems. Because Ron was a teacher. Right. So when I would be the few times where dad would pick me up from school and then I'd have to go back to his school to, because he was sub teaching, I'd have to sit off in the corner and my dad would fucking write up math problems and, and I'd have to do math problems while everyone else is doing math problems. Sure. So I, I was constantly fully aware my dad was a substitute teacher for a long time. Yeah. Um, gradually he stopped. He said, well, fuck it. Your, your education's on your own. I can only get you so far. And I'm like, well, yeah. thanks dad. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I kind of felt like the crucible was a bit much for a girl her age. Um, well, just, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, but any of that stuff, do you know what I mean? Like that, just that, 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 that act in general irks me, you know? So I was glad that he had that moment of self-awareness and he didn't back down from doing it, but he realized he, it might be just having that moment, I think of just like, okay, do maybe I am being too harsh or maybe I need to keep doing this, but doing it in a different, present it in a different way. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think, so. I think specific, he wouldn't ask anybody else that. I think he would ask, specifically ask her. Of course. Because, yeah. Because he knows her history, because he right. read her book. He knows all about her father. Um, I, I, are we even sure he's a real person? Or, if he, or is he a, a, a uh, composition of, of numerous lawyers? I, I don't know. Nothing I've seen says that either way. Okay. So. It's not um, like on Wikipedia his name is highlighted for the character. Oh, I, I'm shit. not on Wiki. I'm not on Wiki. I can go there though. Um, but uh, yeah. So I no, but I I dug this movie quite a bit. I I I actually because I was curious how I was gonna feel about this one, and I had it, a feeling you were gonna like it. I was like, it's poker and it's Aaron Sorkin. Like you really can't. You know, fuck that up for CJ. You know, it's kind of yeah, like, hey, yeah. There's baseball and there's Aaron Sorkin. Well, even if you're not an A's fan, you fucking love Moneyball. So I know, I do. I really enjoy Moneyball quite a bit. Yeah, you need to check out the other one he did. It called like the Trial of the Chicago Seven. I think is what it's called. Okay, it, it's the newest one he's did. He did, and that was on Netflix, and that was. Uh, it was a Netflix movie, and I believe Aaron Sorkin also directed that. Aaron Sorkin's. This was his debut for a directorial debut. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. It's a well-directed film. Um, So, Wiki does not highlight Charlie's name, so I don't know that... He's not a real person. Or or he just doesn't have a Wiki. Because if you're not highlighted in Wiki, it just means you don't have a Wiki. So, there may not be a Wiki about him if he is real. Um, So, I'm, I'm not prepared to say he's not real. And the reason I say that is this... Because under the cast, when it says Idris Elba, just says that Charlie Jaffe, Molly's lawyer, but under Michael Sarah, as an example, um, 
and then expands and says a composite character based on celebrities, including Tobey Maguire, Leo DiCaprio, and Ben Affleck. So, like, mm-hmm. if, it, if it was a composite or something, I think it would have said, even if it didn't name names, it would have said a, a composite of Mo- all of Molly's lawyers put the, you know what I mean? Sure. Some, you know, so, um, yeah, there's that. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to, just a fun piece, of, a couple Fun pieces of trivia. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before I get into those real quick, or or I'm I'm trying to think more of anything else about the movie on a whole. It's just weird, random things. Like I I was talking about Kevin Costner, the the judge who is uh, played by Graham Greene. Yeah, is the other central actor in Dances with Wolves. Oh, okay. So it's really interesting to see like these two guys who don't share a scene together, but they're super integral to Dances with Wolves. I I do like, by the way, and I I didn't dig into her actual. I've got the Molly up, or I've got the the, Molly, the wiki up, so I might as well look. But um, yeah. So the the sentence is real, and I I like that. I like that that this judge, real life. Forget the movie, but it happens in the movie too. Looks at her 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 crimes, and I'm using that term pretty loosely. Although there is a bit of a crime here, I'm not can't say there's right. not. But in the grand screen, grand scheme of crimes, she's really not like that dangerous. Anyway, so you look at these crimes and and goes, okay, the federal government's trying to make an example out of her, and that's fucked up. I'm not letting that happen. You right. know what I mean, and and yes, yeah, still sentences her to to stuff, but ultimately, um, and she is still technically a felon, but she mm. didn't end up going to jail for like twenty years or whatever. You no, know? she so, had like th- she had like five years of community service or something. Two hundred was... hours. So I don't know how it breaks down, okay. but it's two hundred hours of community. I service, I yeah. especially like the line of dialogue where he says, "Where especially like he was like, I show disdain for Wall Street when I spit at it every morning. I come home, I go to work or something." Mm. He's like, "The guys of Wall Street do far worse than what your client did." So blah 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 blah. Right, right. You know that's what I'm saying, and like I'm glad that there are are judges like that that are still like fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Graham Greene, and Graham Greene did a good job. Absolutely. I, I respect the yeah. fuck out of his acting. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, I, I really, I don't have a whole lot more. I mean, I think, I think all four of these movies are, are great movies. Yeah. You picked, we picked uh, a, we picked a nice little collection here. I it was, it was a fun collection to talk about. Um, with Molly's Game, I just have two quick trivia things and then we can wrap everything up and, and fuck off. But, um, this is just more just an interesting tidbit. Um, Molly is banned from Canada. Um, they mentioned that in the movie, and then she said, "I'm banned in Canada for some reason." Right. Well, the, Canada has a rule that if you if you're um guilty of a federal crime, they won't let you into the country, whatever that is. Um, really? Yeah. Now she was granted a forty eight hour pass to go to the premiere, mm-hmm. but the irony is that. The entire film was shot in Canada. Really? Yeah. That's fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so Molly, Molly was not on set because she was not allowed to be. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bunch of Skype calls though. Oh, probably. I'm sure of it. I'm sure she was very heavily involved overall. But yeah. Um, 
I do have two more, actually. The other thing that's really interesting, and you you probably saw this one, but apparently because of scheduling, Idris Elba and Jessica Chastain only had 10 days to shoot. Yep. Um, and they, they shot were... f- together, I'm assuming. I, you know, I'm I'm assuming, you know, Jessica had more time in general, but, you know. I don't even think Jessica had as much time. Um, she, I think she roughly had the same amount of time to prep for this role. Um, my understanding is that they would actually, like, record each other's rehearsals they would like rehearse together and record it so they can bounce uh, off each other the note i have doesn't say anything about the recording but i'm not saying it didn't happen um i also like that aaron you mentioned it was aaron sorkin's first film and he not only did he he, he reached out to david fincher for advice mm-hmm. and i can see that because there's a hint of fincher in this like there's that, very much so you know but i would not go as far as to call it a david fincher film but it's no. got it's got that it's got a vibe that's very Fincher esque, but yeah. Anyway, it's 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 Aaron Fincher. Yeah, Fincher. There you go. Here's and here's the thing that I'm excited. You're you're gonna it, it, for the audience. I can't really see Rico tonight because he's dealing with a migraine, so he's trying to keep things good for himself. But I'm I'm in the dark. Like what yeah, he basically always keeps me. Um, but there's the so I'm not gonna be able to see your facial expressionist. I don't think, but. Um, there's this in that speech you were talking about that kind of got you a little misty eyed that that uh Kevin Costner Molly's father starts doing at the park. Mm-hmm. Do you remember at one point he talks about having a, a son that made it dra- got drafted in the sixth round of the NFL draft? Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what team drafted him? Mm-mm. The Eagles. My. Fucking Mo- hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> Molly's brother played for the Philadelphia Eagles as a kick returner for three seasons, I believe. And how much have you whacked off to him? No, stop it. <laughs> he did wear my number, though, if I recall. He wore, he wore, he wore number 21. So That's your number is 21? Yeah. Because you loved everything 21, including the fucking movie. And my birth date, so... That's right. That's yeah. that's absolutely fucking right. So. I'm just gonna call you Blackjack from now on. <laughs> you fucking uh, it, you. Uh, it's better than the other nickname I have for you, and I'll end it with on this episode with it, uh, okay. Mister Son of a Bitch. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Hey, motherfuckers, get ready for a long closing that us podcasters are obligated to do. I try to make this funny, so bear it all with me. If you're currently listening to this after an episode, then you already know how to find us. But if someone played this for you and you need directions, then you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Or simply Google us. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. Also, we do it live! Fuck it! Sorry. What I mean to say is we show off our shenanigans every Friday on GetVocal.com slash PodAskew. That is Vocal, spelled V-O-K-L. This is a way for our fans and friends and family to interact with us and occasionally offer to pay for therapy. Catch these interventions at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do the math if you're not in either of those time zones. Also, if you happen to like us individually, I do a live reading of books called Rico's Reads. This means I take a look and read a book. Currently, I'm waiting for LeVar Burton to sue my literate ass. But I add funny voices and say fuck a lot. So it's not true plagiarism. 
So let me tuck your ass in on Thursdays on GetVocal.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for you West Coast dudes, that means 4 p.m. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Potaskew. I am at Rance Rico. And CJ is at M underscore Blade. Clearly, he put more thought into his username than I. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. The dude is our very own Michelangelo. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And fucking finally, and most important, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to. We want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I. You guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Hang tight for the post-credit. Damn it. I need a smoke. You were officially never invited to our game again. Damn it. In a world that's a little simpler comes the tale of Veltima fungicide. Swift, simple, and secure. It's a corn-growing story without all the drama. Unless you add totally epic music, really random sound effects, and a cool announcer guy. Get ready for the blockbuster yields of the summer with Veltima fungicide from BASF. Coming soon to a field near you. Always read and follow label directions.